is Free Talk Live, and welcome to the program here. The phones are open if you want to join us. You can bring up anything you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass is also here. And you're welcome to join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com and you can enjoy the features there, archives galore, and all kinds of other ways to interact hey, with uh, other Free Talk Live listeners and such. Nice shirt there, Peakless Mountaineer. It is. Yeah. An excellent shirt. I, I have a photo of... In fact, a kick-ass shirt. It is, yes. It's not a nice shirt. It is a kick-ass shirt, isn't it? I have a photo of somebody who's been wearing one... Uh, and uh, has done some work in it, so it's like work worn, hey, and nice. like it's standing the test of time. So nice. at, at least you know two weeks. Quality. Later. You're referring to the Captain Kickass shirt, which is available through Amazon. Yes, right. Uh, which there's another subject you have tonight relating to Amazon about how to potentially order anonymously yes. through Amazon, which I'm very interested uh, to hear about using Monero, the world's most, I guess, popular anonymous yeah. cryptocurrency. So we can I, uh, talk about that. I do want to point out that the logo on the T-shirt is the cover art for the upcoming EP that I'm releasing. Three mm-hmm. songs. Yep. It's called Eleuthermania. It'll be officially released on Independence Day. I refuse right. to call it July 4th. It's Independence Day. That's what it is. Uh, and if you're going to Forkfest or Porkfest this year, I will be there. I will have advanced copies. Nice. I have just secured a spot uh, it'll be right next to the Free Talk Live uh, site. Mm-hmm. Be right next door to it on Sunday night of Forkfest. So that's Porkfest Eve, the last day of Forkfest. That's right. Uh, on Sunday night, I'm going to do a listening party slash premiere of the music video. Is that June 18th? It is June okay. 18th, Sunday night. Uh, and I'm going to do the premiere of the music video that's there cool. as well and a listening party for all three songs and i'll talk a little bit about each of the songs you mm-hmm. know before we play them that kind of thing a little little pseudo presentation for those folks and so you can pick up an advanced copy and t-shirts i have stickers too yeah I'll be saw bringing, those. all that kind of stuff so, so. this is at pork fest or rather for the final night of fork fest which will be probably a pretty great night i hope so and then uh the official release to anybody who's not at that event will be july 4th right so okay. like all of your normal places you get music. Uh, I've got digital distribution set up mm, to okay. uh, release on July cool. 4th. So, or sorry, Independence Day. <laughs> right. All right. So, if you want to comment here on whatever's on your mind, the number is 603 283 6160. Captain, you were telling me a story last night because uh, oh, we were man. hanging out. Yeah. Uh, about a, a New York City situation where a poor bastard is now being strung up with. I don't know how many years in prison, but 27 felony or 26, 26 felony yeah. charges for simply defending himself right. in a, uh, what, a robbery or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was a that? mugging. Somebody attempted to mug him. Yeah. I presume it did not go well uh, for the mugger. No, it didn't. In that case. Uh, so this from ABC7NY.com. Man accused of killing mugger in Queens arraigned on 26 gun charges yep. and his bail was doubled. Uh, Rather than giving him a medal for taking out a scumbag uh, who was trying to probably has mugged other people. This probably wasn't his first mugging. One would think. Uh, It was just the one where somebody fought back and actually killed the dude. Uh, Rather than, you know, thanking him for doing the city a favor and cleaning up the streets. No, they apparently investigated him and went to his home after it was found that he was, what, illegally carrying a gun? 
Yeah, so he defended himself, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Right. Uh, with a gun. With a gun. Uh, he allegedly, and this article has to say allegedly, shot and killed a suspect who was trying mm-hmm. to rob him. Uh, he appeared in court on Friday on 26 counts of criminal possession of a weapon. Uh, bail was uh, recommended at 25000 uh, for Charles Foner, or Foner, I'm not sure how you pronounce this. Uh, it was age 65. Uh, during his arraignment wow. before Judge Jerry Iannese, I'm probably butchering that as well, in Queens Criminal Court. Judge Iannese showed Feyner no sympathy during the brief court appearance, doubling the amount initially requested for bail by the Queens DA office. So the DA originally said, we recommend $25,000 mm-hmm. bail. Judge Not said, enough. No, I think we're really going to F this guy. Let's mm. double it. I'm an activist. Yeah. Uh, the defendant, this is a quote, the defendant was on the street with a loaded, unlicensed gun, the judge said. <gasps> there are too many shootings in this city, exclamation mark. <laughs> the court is quite concerned with what we see. That's a quote from the judge. Right, yeah. Look, if you're going to get robbed in New York City, you're just supposed to take it. You give up all the money that you have, bend over, and let the criminal do absolutely anything that they want to. Well, it serves you right for having cash in the first place. You're supposed <laughs> to have uh, transitioned to credit cards and debit cards, and really just credit cards. Like, you're not supposed to have any actual money, just debt. And how impartial does that judge sound? Like, yeah. not at all. Like, completely not impartial at all. Justice isn't p- impartial anymore. Uh, Feyner was walking to a parking garage mm. when he said the robbery suspect, identified as 32-year-old Cody Gonzalez, demanded money. Investigators say Feyner, a retired doorman, claims he shot the would-be mugger to death after the assailant lunged at him with a sharp object at 2 a.m. on Wednesday. On Damn. Thursday... Investigators revealed that the robbery suspect was not armed with a weapon, but did have a pen. The 32-year-old had more than a dozen prior arrests. So, I mean, yep. a pen is still a pointed object. So, you know, you can you can injure or kill a man with a they pen. They say the pen's mightier than the sword. Indeed. Uh, Fainer said nothing to reporters as he was led from the 102nd Precinct in handcuffs late Thursday afternoon after Queens prosecutors filed weapons charges, including criminal possession of a weapon, and criminal possession of a firearm. Police then confirmed later in the evening that Feyner was charged with 26 counts of criminal possession of a weapon, but was not charged in the fatal shooting. I'm actually surprised. I mean, I, me too. You know, you've heard the stories about how you're supposed to drag the you shoot somebody outside your house in some jurisdictions. They say drag them inside, otherwise they'll like come at you for whatever. The, I don't know what the charge is, manslaughter yeah. or something like that, uh, or second degree murder or whatever. And uh, I, I'm surprised they didn't just say something, you know, hit him with some kind of other felony here for yeah, and defending it, himself. And it gets weirder too, particularly about that, about the whole like the incident. That this occurred, the mugging itself, mm-hmm. he is facing no legal ramifications for. Not yet. At least yet. Yeah. Right. But it gets weird. Uh, this comes after a search warrant recovered more than two dozen firearms, mm. which included pistols, shotguns, rifles, three assault rifles, an AK-47, 153 <laughs> loaded high-capacity magazines. How and, do you do And two How? body armor vests. I mean, I'm... 
First of all, he shouldn't live in New, in uh, New York City. This is a huge mistake. Period. Agreed. Under I mean, any circumstances. Yeah, if you are a gun-owning person and you believe in defending yourself, you should just leave the city and move to a, a more yeah. gun-friendly place. If you're a libertarian-minded person. If you person, are not a communist, stay yeah. away from New York City. Right. If you're a libertarian, you should just move four hours northeast and come on up to New Hampshire. If you are a conservative-type person, then Texas, Florida, you'll probably feel right at home. Uh, in places like that, and that's it. That solves your problem right off the right off the bat. But it just makes me wonder, like, how did this guy even walk those guns into his apartment? How do you? I mean, he would have had to have been real careful, right? Because people around New York City are more likely to snitch on you, and they're all kinds of nose. Some of them are nosy, busybodies. Like, it seems like it'd be a challenge well, article, to even move those kind of uh, guns around the city. The article says he's a retired doorman. Now, to me, a doorman means a guy checking your ID and taking cover at the club. But no, no, he could probably also a mean like, at, like a hotel an or an apartment yeah. building or whatever that kind of thing. Yeah. So, my guess mm-hmm. is that he had access to like some sort of a shipping bay, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know that kind of a thing. Like mm-hmm. he he could, you know. Shipping or not shipping receipt, but he could receive stuff in ways that a normal person. Can you even couldn't. just buy uh, guns like that online and then just have them shipped to you? Don't you normally have to go to like a federal dealer or something like that and show I mean, ID and? Sure, but there's also like like I know people who have uh, you know multiple addresses for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Some of them just sort of happen organically, right? You just sort of always use your parents' address. And you move out of your parents' place, and but you still get some mail there occasionally, mm-hmm. maybe for mm-hmm. like your student loans or so, you know, you know, you might get mail. And so it's possible for a guy to live in New York State or city, and like also sort of live somewhere else officially and be able to purchase these things outside. Yeah, of it's possible he drove to New Hampshire and bought guns in New Hampshire Absolutely. and then drove them drove them down, put them into a guitar case and walked them into his apartment. I'm well, just they, saying there's a variety of ways for which yeah. a, a person can achieve this. The government thinks that they're outlawing and banning and, you know, all these mm-hmm. kinds of things. But it is uh, probably very surprising to most statists how armed regular people really are. Hmm. And if he used to be the doorman of his own building, he would be the very person people would expect to call the police if uh, there was a mysterious package showing up. Mm. Indeed. Wow. So uh, they found a, a bunch of guns. He did have a license. This says for five rifles. So he was at least compliant, if you will. Wow. With a partial that New York City law. New York. Uh, I mean, New York City, you're not even, uh, last I heard, you weren't even supposed to have a private gun unless you were like an armored car guy or right. something mm-hmm. like that, or a private detective. Certain private investigators yeah. can get uh, firearms, but other ones cannot. So there's a, yeah, you have to jump through like an amazing amount of I can't of even hoops. imagine what yeah, he had to it, go through. I, I'm pretty sure it's the single most restrictive gun laws in the United States. Yeah. I think Chicago's got that. They're probably up there. Really? Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Top three, at the uh, very least. Fainer told prosecutors... I pulled the gun out of my pocket. It didn't go off accidentally. I pulled the trigger. I emptied the revolver. Wow. Last night, I was carrying a firearm because of crime in the city. Yep. I've had it since the 1990s. Mm. I obtained it in a bar one night. The firearms are mine and mine alone. So wait, just to clarify, he's got a license for the rifles, it said. That's what it said. But the gun he had on him in the was shooting pistol. was not legal? He did not have a license for it. I see. Okay. Yes. Uh, the retired doorman allegedly told detectives he collects the firearms as a hobby. Damn. But Fainer does not have a permit for the pistol or for most of the weapons he collected. Fainer was originally set to be arraigned on Thursday night, but in a bizarre twist, 
This is where it gets weird. The judge recused herself in the middle of proceedings and adjourned the arraignment for Friday. Okay. So, uh, and we talked about this last night, uh, recusing just means that usually there's a conflict of interest. Typically. Not sure what the conflict of interest is here. The next paragraph says, the judge signed off on the search warrant related to the shooting. This is the search warrant for the guy's house. So the shooting occurred. Right. Legal people got involved. The state gets involved. And then somehow the D.A. said, well, we got to search the guy's house because he didn't have a license for the pistol that he killed the, the, the mugger with. So that's what happened. The judge signed that warrant. But since the uh, Fainer is not being charged in the shooting itself, the judge is now connected to aspects of this case that are not within the scope of the charges. And that's yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. They don't come right out and say what it is. They don't say it's a conflict of interest. Hmm. They just say that the judge who said... So wouldn't that invalidate the warrant as well, is my question, from a legal perspective? Well, you would think, but uh, this is the government we're talking about. Yeah. They don't actually have to you know, abide by their own rules or the rules of logic. Hmm. Uh, judge Iannici took over the case on Friday. The shooting happened in a driveway outside of Fainer's apartment building, where a surveillance camera captured the entire confrontation. The video shows Fainer backing down the driveway as the assailant closed in on him. Fainer draws his gun, and the assailant keeps on coming. Crazy. The shots were fired from a distance of about eight feet. Fainer lives in the building uh, in the Kew Gardens section of Queens with his wife. His neighbors have expressed much support for him. Angel Rodriguez lives just down the hall. She says, very friendly and respectful. I've never seen anything from him that would indicate malice. So my interactions with him have always been pleasant. He's a nice guy, a family guy. Fainer of course is- he is. He just did He did what he had to do to defend himself. And it sounded like he gave the guy a chance to back the F off. But the dude was a psycho and he kept advancing even when the guy pulled a gun on him. So here's the thing. Uh, apparently... It, it seems to me that New York City doesn't want the publicity around the shooting itself because mm-hmm. here's a man acting in self-defense. Right. And I think that that would create a whole bunch of press that New York City doesn't want. Now, what New York City does want, of course, is the prosecution of a man who only had a license for five of the 26 firearms they found. And so that's the publicity they're after. This is why they're not prosecuting him, in my opinion. It's, I'm just spitballing here i have no evidence Mm -hmm. of this i have a completely different theory okay like i suspect that this guy is connected either uh directly or indirectly with the government like they tend to protect their own so that the judge might be oh guy no i know i know who this is the suspect i am not going to judge on this yeah the the suspect i mean we you know as we were talking about a moment ago like how did this guy get you'd be surprised man and and that's the thing. That is the official story. That doesn't mean that's necessarily where this who this guy actually is. Mm. Look, the the only things that we really know about this guy is you have how many guns in New York City? <laughs> so, I mean, first, it's, first of all, applause to the man for having that many guns in New York City. Uh, you know, some of them from the 1990s, apparently, at least right? according to the article. Like, I mean. That is acting like a free man regardless of the situation around you, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, the know. price to pay for it, though, unfortunately. Hell of a price. So the other thing I want to point out is that this guy is guilty of nothing except paperwork. That's right. Right? He didn't fill out the paperwork that the state requires him to fill out 
and pay the amount of fees to have the appropriate licensing for this is the biggest crime. his own uh, property. That's that's the real crime right yeah. there. He didn't cut the state in. Right. You have to give them their cut or else. Right. The mafia didn't get their cut. This is the state in this case. The mafia is the state in yep. this case. And that's why he's facing 26 felonies. Yeah, you didn't give them their mm-hmm. cut, and you didn't perform the free labor and allow them to wait unknown periods of time before approving your actions. Yeah. Now, the basis of most law is something called common law, and common law basically says uh, if there's no victim, no no person harmed, and no property damage, no, no property harmed, then there is no crime. Uh, and that's generally accepted by most people. As, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds legit. And uh, that is not the case when it comes to government. Uh, and I can't hammer this home to our listeners, and if particularly those who are new to this show listening, that this is the case most of the time. Most of the time, people are getting convicted where there is no victim. No victim, no crime. And But yep. the behemoth known as government, state government, federal government, whatever level you want, keeps growing and keeps putting people in prison, keeps threatening their lives, caging people for paperwork violations because they didn't fill out the right form and pay the right fee. Apparently, his lawyer, uh, Margaret Lynn, according to the New York Post, urged the judge to release him on his own recognizance, saying he's a deli worker, has no criminal record, and lives steps away from the courthouse. She said this incident is a total aberration in his life. He's the one who called the police immediately after the robbery where he was the victim. But that didn't matter to the judge, who sided with the prosecutors, and then, as you mentioned, the $50,000 bail. In this case, uh, facing up to 25 years in prison, the man is 65 years old. Yeah. So this is potential life prison sentence for him. Yeah. If they, if they sentence him to 25 years, I mean, yeah, I mean, without some kind of weird complication that uh, would be difficult to know about, I can't imagine why they wouldn't be nailing this guy to the wall publicly. Like that he looks should like be what the, they're doing. Yeah. He should, well, I'm the judge is recusing herself. Why? Well, on earth are she you doesn't recusing have to say, I guess. Apparently not. Um, and now there's I mean, another judge, so it's going to move like, forward. And I mean, like, judges are political entities. So sure. you would think that this judge would be hopping on the opportunity to, you know, reestablish the New York identity. The only thing, like, I can think of, and I'm just, again, spitballing, is that that judge who recused herself uh, presided over a case of the mugger. Because it said the oh, mugger had been, the mugger had been, you know, in you know, the court system multiple times, like a dozen times or so, I think is what it said. So, you know. And in that case, she might have uh, expunged the record. Yeah, something. So that's the only thing I can think of, like, that makes logical sense or at least is uh, sort of a, a believable thing. Mm. I mean, if he was a doorman, maybe she lived in an apartment where he was the door guy or something. I, I don't know. But you would think that that would have not allowed her to press the warrant or sign the warrant. Mm. If that were the case, but yeah. I, I don't really know. The That's details hopefully are, are more forthcoming, you know, to answer these questions, but likely not. Yeah, if you're keeping up to date on this story, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know. But it's just so it's so sad when you hear about people in places like New York and California who could avoid all of these problems by simply being in a different place, yeah. a different so-called jurisdiction where it's not illegal to have guns in your home. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, on your person. 
you know, in a case like this in New Hampshire, you'd usually get a pat on the back from the cops for defending yourself and you go home and that's the end of the end of the story. The fact that you defend yourself in the street isn't justification for a search of your house. Right. Which is all that should happen here in this case too. The man right. defended himself. There's video evidence of the altercation that shows clearly the dude was coming at him with something yeah. in his hand. And, you know, the dude shot him. Yeah, and, I mean, the guy's a doorman and a deli worker. That's not work that you have to be in New York for. Nope. Well, well doorman, you got to be in a big city. But, uh, mm. yeah, deli workers, you can do that anywhere. Yeah. So. Sad story. So, again, like, it's insane, like, just how mm, petty government can be. Yep. In just, like, if they want to come after you, they will manufacture what they need to come after you. They, there's so many laws that have been written, both federal, state, that no one can even count them. And if you don't believe me, I dare you to try. Go look it up. Go look up how many laws exist. Impossible. It's impossible. People have tried, and they they reckon that it'll take uh, multiple <laughs> lifetimes for even another attempt to hey, be started. Maybe that'll be something that we can finally accomplish with AI. AI, how many laws exist? Yeah, right. That is a good question. Have it just pour through them and be like, <laughs> well, by this counting, it's that, that status trillion, bar. 759 billion. Would you be asking for the whole planet or just the United States or New York City? Oh, personally, to- I would be asking how many laws apply to me. Oh, that's even harder to oh, answer. That one, right, right, because there's yeah. no evidence that laws actually apply. Well, well, there's evidence that they'll throw you in a prison cell. There's I'm, evidence that there are men who will, you know, put you in a cage, and if you resist, they yeah. will end your life. Of course, there is. I'm certain that any AI that I get a hold of that is at all capable of accessing uh, law, like the statutes and everything, will have been trained in a very statist way. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it uh, would be an interesting exercise to ask AI what evidence there is that laws apply to you. I'm I'm pretty sure it would come back with something like uh, the Constitution or uh, this statute says it applies to you. Well, right. interestingly, that question was asked at Jay Noon's, uh, yeah. rather, uh, Shallon, his wife's hearing, which mm-hmm. Jay was uh, representing her at. Yeah, they, uh, they even addressed that one. It was very subtle. But, but uh, the, the, I want to know what they said, and we can talk about it after that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll like continue fun. here in a, in a moment. The number is 603-283-6160. I was actually surprised the witness was allowed to answer the question. So Jay was able to ask the question, and it was answered. I figured there'd be an objection to it. And surprisingly, there wasn't. Uh, there's more coming up here. There were plenty of other objections, but uh, more on the way. You can join us. 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Yeah! 
It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here live Saturday show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian Peakless Mountaineer and Captain Kickass joining you. Want to say thank you to Carbage Man who is a supporter of the, the AMPS program. I like that name. Uh, Garbage, Garbage Man, Man is supporting us uh, for $5 a month, which is all that we ask for. We definitely appreciate the support. Uh, he is silver-level support over at amps.freetalklive.com, and you can join him for 5 bucks a month. You can help us advertise, market, promote, and support. That is what AMPS stands for, so if you appreciate the mission that we have here and you want to help support it, that would be a great way to do it. Uh, just go to amps.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. That is our Patreon. You can use that to sign up with your debit card, credit card, or your PayPal account. Maybe you don't like Patreon. Maybe you'd prefer another option. We have that. Thanks to the folks over at Odyssey, which is our YouTube, or excuse me, our replacement for YouTube. Yeah. Uh, it's much better than YouTube. Check out our Odyssey channel at video.freetalklive.com and then click the Join button. I believe it's up right up at the top of the channel, and then you can jump through the hoops there, and then you don't have to support Patreon, and actually 100% of the $5 that you give through Odyssey actually comes to us because they tack the fee on top, hmm. whereas Patreon takes it out of the $5, so we end up with like you know $4.20 or $0.30 yeah. cents or something. And on Odyssey, we get all five, and it ends up being like five seventy something for you. So some of it goes to Odyssey, and then obviously the credit card company gets uh, gets their cut. So check uh- it out. Real quick, uh, there was a uh, a movie released uh, yesterday on on Twitter, uh, oh, and it yeah. was heavily censored. It's called "What Is a Woman." Now I haven't seen the movie. I, I haven't either. The I dude that made it is a total a hole. I, I did see you know. a bunch of links for it, and so like it was available for you to watch. However, he's like an ultra right wing. <laughs> Babylon guy. B released their own documentary called mm-hmm. "What Is a Man." Okay. It's a ninety nine minute movie. Yeah, it's a real documentary. A real documentary. Well. It's Babylon B, so okay. it's it's funny. Got it. Uh, and so <laughs> it's a full length mockumentary. It, I see. It's very mocking. Uh, you watched the whole thing? I did watch the. Well, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Just go find <laughs> it and watch it. It's called "What Is a Man," uh, and it is sort of the antithesis, if you will, of this other documentary. What mm. is a woman? So Babylon B. What is a man? Uh, go watch worth it. Worth a watch. Huh? It's totally worth the watch. It okay. might be one of the greatest. Parody documentaries I have ever seen. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Are we talking about like on uh, Spinal Tap level kind of uh, like that? It's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying not to spoil I'm not saying it. it's going to be like that, but that is a parody documentary, is it not? I, I would not rate this on the level of Spinal Tap. Meaning that it's Excuse worse me. than this or is better Spinal than. Tap. O- only because this is Spinal Tap. Yeah, is the movie that we're talking <laughs> about. Only because this is Spinal Tap is a rock and roll movie, right? right. But it is a uh, mockumentary. It is a mockumentary. Yes, right. wasn't it like one of the first ones? Probably. Yeah. 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 Certainly one of and the it, first. And famous it's pretty ones. great. But mm-hmm. like that sort of to me stands in its own. That's something that will never mm-hmm. ever be done this again. This is Spinal the, the Tap stands alone. Yeah, the, the like likes the of cheese. that will never occur. So if you take Spinal Tap out of the equation, then my statement stands. If you <laughs> What's the one they did about Spinal the dog Tap show? Into the equation, the mockumentary about the dog show. Oh, yeah, the guys uh, from Spinal Tap, the guys that did that, oh, did no. one, did one about dog shows. <laughs> Damn it, I can't remember the what name. What the hell's of it that either. one called? 
Uh, it was pretty funny. If only there were a device. Yeah, yeah. Well, while you check that out. <laughs> well, while you check that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was very glad that I got to see the uh, the noon case, or, or I guess the- Oh, yeah, uh, thank you for going to talk about that. Yes, let's talk about that. Uh, or uh, Shall- the Shallon Spalding case, I guess. Um, I think of them as the noons. They are They married. are the noons. Uh, well, and and that was that was an interesting bit because they are, you know, married like humans rather yes. than like property of the state. Correct. They did a free wedding at uh, Forkfest years and years ago. It was actually, I think, 2018, and our very yeah. own Mark Edge uh, from the Shire Free Church was the officiant. Uh, the movie was called Best in Show. Best in Show. Yeah, go. that was pretty funny. Yeah, and uh, I I actually did notice that the he snuck it right in there. Like I think it was the very last thing that he did. The prosecutor, because mm-hmm. uh, there were two rounds of questioning for the uh, police officer that he brought up, mm-hmm. and like I think it was literally the last question that he asked him there, and just snuck it in at the end of like, oh, in your experience as a police officer, uh, are people who are physically in the uh, area of Concord subject to this jurisdiction? Whoa, I missed that one. Yeah, it was real sneaky. But he absolutely, he he snuck it in there right at the end. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's really interesting seeing the, the different, the like unpredictably different responses that courts have to challenges of jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. What was the question that was asked that was allowed to be answered. Right, so the reason the prosecutor asked that last question that you're referring to is because mm-hmm. Jay, uh, again, he was acting as the what they call attorney in fact, so he basically signed a form saying that I will obey the attorney rules and I can quote unquote represent my wife. Uh, he did ask, the, I think it was the cop, something to the effect of you had actually said the wording a few moments ago without even realizing that was what was yeah, being said. It was something along the lines of, of uh, is there any evidence that this jurisdiction applies to this individual? Yeah, something and like that. And he said no. He did. Yeah, so I, I've, I've been thinking about this because, uh, you know, some people are like, oh, well, he wanted to do a written one later so that we wouldn't be happy that uh, it went our way or that we wouldn't be upset that it didn't go our way. And the more I'm thinking about this, like, there is some real complexity to this particular case uh, that, that makes it a very difficult case to judge on, because who challenges jurisdiction? Well, and but that's what everybody should do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and in fact, uh, rather than challenging, directly challenging jurisdiction by saying something like, you know, what is jurisdiction, right? That That's going to get you into some, you know weird discussions with the judge and the prosecutor mm-hmm. but asking a question uh, uh and and bonnie alluded to this uh during the break when we were discussing this uh, the best question i think to ask is can you show me the evidence that the jurisdiction applies to me right. okay so this is the this to re- to that question i did take notes uh, i was using my mastodon account over at social.freetalklive.com i was following you as it was posting. going along and i did write the what i believe was the exact question okay uh, it was do you have any evidence of facts that the new hampshire rsas apply to shallon spalding there you go that's it that's a great yeah. question right? and he said no yeah so uh it, it did he motion that- for uh you know thing right then and there, there was no objection to that mm. question Oh, did he motion to, dis- to yeah, dismiss? To dismiss. No, he did. Like, he, no he had already uh, motioned to dismiss. So that he could have but- motioned right then and there, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. He could have said, "Look, Perhaps. this uh, this witness just you know I don't know what the the yeah. 
yeah. what you would say for that motion. But look, there's no evidence the law applies. Oh, that's, so that's, therefore, that's what you would say. Is, I move to I, well, on, the, on the basis of the fact that there's no evidence that this applies to mm-hmm. uh, my wife. I would I would actually ask a confirming question of the judge before I would I would motion. And what I would say is. Uh, judge, you know, help me out here, right? Get a little Columbo with it. I'm, you know, if I'm Jay, I like, obviously I'm not an attorney, but Mm -hmm. to my understanding that it is the prosecution's job to provide the evidence and the prosecution is unable to do that according to the the answer we just heard. So I must motion for you to dismiss this. Right. You're here here to find facts, judge. judge. Get the judge to agree that yes, that's indeed how it works. Great. Then I motion Mm -hmm. for you to dismiss this case based on a lack of evidence. Yeah, that's that's what you do. Okay, I move to dismiss then. Yeah. Uh, oh, shoot. It's hard, though. I mean, it. when you're up there, the pressure's it on. It's so difficult. Yeah. If you're not experienced, and Jay is pretty experienced and smart. dealing with uh, with court stuff, but that doesn't mean it's not hard as hell to uh, be up there with all the pressure on. Right. So, I mean, as I see it, there's two things that the, the judge really has to figure out on this one. So the first thing is the jurisdictional matter, which is really dicey because his job is to make the court look good. That is the most and only important thing in not only any lawyer's job, but especially any judge's job. Like, Mm -hmm. that is what you make an oath to. You swear an oath to uphold the court. That means make the court look good. So if he acknowledges, ooh, wow, yeah, there isn't a jurisdiction here, he has to do so in a way that doesn't make the court look stupid. And he also has to go, okay, it's specifically said that usually this jurisdiction applies. So if I say that this jurisdiction doesn't apply, I have to explain why it right. doesn't apply in this case. Right. So rather than making the judge and the court look foolish, you just make the prosecution look like they were incompetent or they were unable to complete their job. Mm. Right. They they didn't fully take care of all of the details. And that Which still makes the court look bad. It makes the prosecution look bad, not necessarily the court. Ah, the prosecution is part of the court. I, I understand what you're saying, and we're arguing semantics here, but the judge would much rather uh, dismiss a case where the prosecution looks bad rather than dismiss a case where the defendant has just made the the judge look bad that's true well first of all the judge isn't going to rule the court doesn't have jurisdiction i mean that's just not going to happen right but the judge can rule that the prosecution did not provide enough evidence which it's their job to do what the judge is likely to do if he's going to rule in favor of the noons on this and i think there's a good chance he's going to rule in favor of the noons because they because he he took uh for listeners that don't know we didn't even say this but uh jay's wife shallon is accused of quote-unquote child endangerment for leaving a two-year-old in a car with air conditioning on strapped into a car seat for napping allegedly as little as 15 minutes if you believe the witnesses in the case as much as 30 to 45 minutes so there was all kinds of different testimony about how long uh the child was uh, was in the car so but, that but no that, evidence that was not very clear well there was witness uh, accounts but that was it and uh so i think that uh, the judge took it under advisement and in a lot of cases that I've seen, when a judge takes a case under advisement, almost, I would say most of the time, it comes back not guilty. Okay, and, so... And and if he wanted to do a guilty, he'd have just done it right then and there, done it in front of everybody. It would have been a big dampener on the on the crowd if he'd done it. But it would be a huge excitement to the crowd, because there was a huge crowd of people at this, this yeah. trial. Everybody would have been whooping and hollering if he had said not guilty in the courtroom. So he's he's smart, right? Like, this judge is no dummy. He's going to 
issue the order quietly. It's going to get mailed over to Jay, and then nobody's going to be able to have a big party in front of you know the system right. or whatever or on on video in uh, in the events. So I think he's likely mm-hmm. going to go not guilty. He doesn't have to explain why he went not guilty. He's not going to say not guilty due to lack of jurisdiction. It'll just be. You know, state yeah. didn't prove its case, uh, and he won't even have to say that. Right. I have two questions about that. So um, my expectation, and again, I'm no attorney, and I have n- no experience at, uh, you know, sitting through cases and mm-hmm. litigation and that kind of thing. But um, this under-advisement thing, uh, it's my expectation uh, as a defendant, you know, if I go to court that uh, or go to a trial, that at the end of the trial, the judge makes his decision. No. That doesn't seem to be the case. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It just depends. Okay. Oh, how I wish. All right. So then my second question is, uh, during uh, your trial, mm. uh, the Crypto were, 6 case, the Crypto 6 case, your your trial, your attorney uh, made some motions, and mm. uh, two of them, I believe, at least I think I saw two different times where uh, he made a motion to dismiss, and the judge said, I'll take that under advisement. That's right. And then the case went on, and then the jury found you guilty. Correct. So- we're still waiting. What I don't understand how this particular legal magic works. This under advisement thing. The, the under advisement just means the judge will consider it and make a ruling later. And is there a time frame? No. Is there? They're not oh, held you mean to any accountability right. for the government. And I mean, I'm obviously looking for something that doesn't exist. But to me, this no. seems like. Uh, you know, oh, no, they don't that, even have a rule they're supposed to be following about how long it takes the judge. They can take their The judge sweet can take time. a year if he wants to. It seems to me like this is stuff that the regular folk, uh, our listeners included, mm-hmm. uh, who aren't, you know, legal uh, scholars and, you know, studiers of these right. things, should be fully aware of because I was not aware of these things. Yeah, they don't teach right. you this in school. And these are like sort of my first observations of these things are like, well, what is this under advisement crap? Yeah, mm-hmm. this certainly doesn't show up in the uh, movies and TV shows about court. No, never. Right. And that's where most people get their idea of everything state the cops the military the judges the prosecutors the investigators all that stuff in the united states of america and the world over that crap your idea of that comes from television it's called programming for a reason yeah in theory under advisement should mean in the ideal situation that the judge hasn't made up his mind quite yet that he needs to review the law, he needs to review some case law, he needs to review the evidence in the case, and and make a a decision based on not whatever he's immediately thinking, but he may have some questions that he needs to resolve or right. whatever. Uh, you know, and in some other cases, it may simply be that the judge just does, doesn't want to do it in front of the crowd. You know, it could be just that simple. So who knows? They never get. To, they never tell you why. Yeah, that's their privilege right. in that case. In the case of the Crypto Six, it's been six months. Uh, since he took that motion under advisement, and we're still waiting. In fact, my attorney says that's the longest amount of time he's ever waited in his his, really? his career. As you say, your attorney's got a bunch a, of experience. A ruling, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here. We got Tim on the line in Florida. By the way, for those that are looking for the the noon case that we're talking about, the video it's pretty much done. Uh, it's just got to be ex- exported and then uploaded. I'm actually waiting to see if we can get some word from Jay or his wife on whether or not the court's ruling came in. Because a lot of times when a judge says they're going to take it under advisement, they literally write the ruling the same day or the next day. So there's a good chance that ruling went out Thursday or Friday in the mail, and it could be at Jay's house, you know, today. So I haven't heard any updates, but that's why I'm just kind of holding off. Because if I can get the ruling in the video, that's obviously a nice thing to have. Uh, So that's coming. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live, calling from Florida. 
Tim in Florida. Going once. Tim in Florida. Timmy. Going twice. We'll put him on hold. Try him back later. Ricky in Pennsylvania, or Ricky in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Go ahead. No doubt there, brother Ian, brother Kaplan, brother Captain Peakless Mountaineer. Good evening. Well, it's weird that Peakless... Mr. from the Commonwealth. It, it's weird that <laughs> Peakless isn't a brother for some reason. No, I objected to that term. Well, no, he oh, don't really? want to be brother. Yeah, oh, no, I, I'm, I, 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 I withhold that for very specific and careful usage. I, you, you I'm loose to, with it. Like, it takes a lot for me to consider you a brother. I, I'm mm. loose with it from time to time, but I have two distinct different meanings. There are times if I if I call you my brother, it means that you I treat you like as if you were my birth brother. Right. Okay. Right. But then there's another another version of it where if I call you brother, it means my fellow human. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah, I recognize brothers. that that you yeah. are a human being. Oh, you're human too. You yeah, are. Yeah. I'm gonna go with right? cousin on that one. Because you're all my well, fifty my- bajillionth cousin, nine hundred thousand <laughs> times removed. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, and, and part of it, honestly, is just that uh, as much as I appreciate his input, uh, Ricky is a statist. Oh yeah. And that's not correct. There. That's no, not correct. Here we go again. We'll save that okay. For Let me and and maybe I'm using statist in a in a way that you don't usually use it. But what I mean by it is, you believe that it is just to have a coercive monopoly on the enforcement of law. Excuse me? You believe that it is <laughs> just to have a coercive monopoly on the enforcement of law. So specifically, if your your Commonwealth uh, secedes, which I wish you the very best of luck in that occurring, uh, you would still say that everyone that's in this geographical region will be forced to pay a tax in order to exist there. Well, no, but see, the problem is, Peak, was you tend to not, I guess, listen to the show all the time. I talked to Brother Ian. And I actually talked to some members of the Commonwealth recently. I think it'll fly. My answer is, you know, we'll do, uh, you have a memorandum, and we'll agree to a small amount. The way it works is it's like a donation. If you can't pay it, nobody's going to nail you. Am I going to be subject to laws I didn't agree to? Peakless, let me talk so you understand. So if you don't pay it, that's fine. When you can pay it again, it's all good. It'll work out. And people here in PA would be really hip to it. Believe me, I know. I lived here my whole life, so don't talk, okay. uh, talk, you know? But am I going to be subject to rules I didn't agree to? No. No. In really? fact, PA generally ain't that way anyway, more or less. You know? <laughs> it Even is now. absolutely that way right now. Like You if so I... don't live here, Peakless. We dude. know people who've lived there, dude. Jeremy Kaufman, uh, for instance, is a Free State Project uh, mover who used he to live in- here. Yeah, I I don't live there, but I've spent some time there, dude. You have you have speed limits like everyone else. I mean, oh come on, Peakless. <laughs> now the fact is, you know that wasn't even my topic, but since you're all over me, <laughs> we might as well talk about it. It's all good. It's all good. And one thing before I go on, being the captain mentioned it. When it comes to this show, I look at a, you know brother Ian, brother Captain, brother Mark. You know, it took me a while to get to know everybody new, but I look at you as my brothers because you're like my friends, just like my friends on Skype, you know? You know, you're more than just co-hosts to me. You're people similar and close to me, you know? I think they call that a parasocial relationship. Don't they what use is that, that the term? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about it's, that. It's where when you when you listen to somebody a lot or you watch a person, you know, YouTube or whatever a lot, you get to learn about that person, but they don't get to learn about you. Now, in your case, Ricky, right. we do know about you because, you know, you right, call in. because I'm very open about me. You call into the show. 
Um, and I'm pretty open about myself, but sometimes too open. But people feel that like the they've uh, they've created a relationship with that person in their mind that doesn't actually exist because, you know, we don't know the average listener from Adam if they walk up on the streets. Not to say we're not grateful that they're out there, but, uh, you know, you know a lot more about us than, than we know about you. We so exist inside Ricky's head. Honestly, only from talking to you over the years, you know? Indeed, Ricky. So what were you calling now. about tonight? Well, uh, I don't know if it even matters anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay, great. Thanks. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was. Last night, you know, I called in and I had a good call. You know, I talked about, you know, uh, my use of Crystal in 15 and 16. And oh, I yeah, yeah. Ricky about... said he used to call the show Blazing High every single night back in 2017. 17 and 17. Every night I was smoking. In fact, I'm going to get an ounce tonight. That being said, <laughs> Damn. you know, you then and I, and I got you to laugh twice. Where do you go to that get an ounce good. of weed in, in Philly? It's not legal there, right? I'm not in Philly. Or in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's called the street, dude. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say it's not legal in uh, in Pennsylvania. Are you yet, right? suggesting that things that are illegal can still be acquired because there's a desire to acquire them? Is that where you? Ah. Is that also where you get tacos that was from? What this whole call was about. Now the funny thing is, and I did get you to laugh twice. It was good. It was passionate. It was even on topic. But then the bad stuff happened. Mm. following me, Sarah from New Mexico, and she was uptight. And I'll tell you why she was uptight. Would you go on a date with Sarah from New Mexico? Huh? Would you go on a date with her if we could get you guys together? You know, I was actually kind of thinking that if you give me just a second more to finish this, because I was thinking about getting some high-quality product and giving it to Sarah, but that was a, be I a have bad a, idea. I, have a I don't think she needs to be any like a wider of an any attention more high. span I, than she I have she a follow-up question for Ricky in okay. the, from the Commonwealth. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, he, has, yeah. he has already declared his, his desire to become a pornographer. He did and, mention and that. And so my he? question follow-up is, uh, would he appear in said film with Sarah from New Mexico? I don't know. Oh, my God. She, Captain, why have you done this to my imagination? <laughs> it doesn't really fit with, well, here's the thing, too. It doesn't really fit with my I do not want to see this I want to use people from Pennsylvania. Okay, you only want to do Pennsylvania porn. Got it. Hey, Ricky, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. That guy's a character. And for those who want more hijinks from that individual, there's a pretty decent chance he'll call back at... Uh, Tomorrow night? Uh, well, no. Tonight. Oh, tonight? Yeah. At 1030, when Beard we don't Talk have Live. to worry about the FCC. Indeed, uh, that'll be Beard Talk Live tonight, 10.30, on our video streaming platforms like Odyssey. You can go to watch.freetalklive.com. Just go ahead and bookmark that page right now. That way you can just go back there any old time you want to, but especially later on tonight. Uh, so about the noon trial, uh, you weren't there, no, Captain. I Do I you have go, any but... other questions about you know what happened? Because we did discuss it in detail on was it Thursday, because we had Jay Noon on the show, so it was like... yeah. 2.5 plus hours, hours of the yeah. three hours. So and if you really want an in-depth discussion, go grab Thursday. And I'm show. so glad that Jay is back on the show. He Me was, too. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. was away for a while and he's back now. And I'm so glad because his perspective is so phenomenal. His history, like I got mad respect for that guy just as mm -hmm. a human being on planet Earth. This was actually my first time finally seeing him in court because he up until now hasn't really had any court action in new hampshire he had he'd gotten involved in several things in massachusetts but that was before i knew him and so i've never actually like he's always talked about 
doing a lot of court research and having a lot of court experience and he doesn't have a social security number and he doesn't yeah. drive with a driver's license like he lives that life yeah. he is that guy yeah. Yeah. the real deal and so I was really yeah. glad to finally get to see him in court. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, what was that phrase? He's my spirit co-host. <laughs> <laughs> he's Indeed. great. Uh, so we got more coming up here. If you want to join the show, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, we can talk about AI, CBDCs, medical freedom, tuberculosis specifically. What about, you know, should you just be allowed to walk around with TB? Uh, these are things we can discuss on the way. You can also take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. Live Saturday show here. The phones are open. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online. Just head on over to freetalklive.com. Throwing up the horns. And enjoy the features you'll find there. We do have our own social media platform. You can go to social.freetalklive.com. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners there and some of the hosts of the show. That's social.freetalklive.com. We run the server. That means we set the rules, and the rules are that, well, there aren't very many of them. Uh, rule number one is don't snitch. If you don't like somebody, just block them. I don't care what you I don't care what you don't yeah. like about them. And uh, rule number two is no spamming. That's pretty much the only rules. Don't make us come up with a third one, okay? Just go to, uh, be respectful if you can, but go to social.freetalklive.com. If I post a link to a page where I'm selling actual cans of spam, is that spam? Uh, if you do it once, probably not. But if it's your first post when you join the forum, <laughs> that I think would qualify mm, as spam. Right. Yeah. So just because I think it's hilarious and uh, people often don't know the the reason that it's called spamming there's an old Monty Python bit yes. where like there's these people trying spam, to talk spam, and spam, they spam, all start spam, spam, yeah, spam, yeah. Spam. and they start singing louder and louder about spam I love it which is what happens when you just get message after message after message I'll have eggs, bacon, sausage and spam <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great <laughs> we're going to go to the phones here and then uh, Peakless Mountaineer you have a retraction to make based on some Something you apparently talked about last On Sunday. Sunday yep. uh, so we'll get into that coming up here and uh, talk first, though, to Tim, who I believe is actually here this time. Uh, Tim in Florida. Hey. Yep, I'm here. We got you. Go hey, ahead, uh, sir. Hey, uh, I wanted to bring it back to Twitter. Um, I actually came in, I think, at the end of a conversation about Twitter, and I heard you were talking about uh, some spoof, uh, what is a man? 
<laughs> yeah, apparently yeah. the Babylon Bee has a full-on feature-length documentary. It's a 99-minute documentary. And Captain recommends it. Yeah, I'll check it out. I haven't even checked out the uh, what, what is a woman yet, but... Yeah, me neither. But I but I watched uh, this uh, you know parody documentary, and well, I, I just have to say, watch it and let me know what you think later. Hmm. I, I will. The reason I actually called was because um, you know all this business with uh, Ben Shapiro and Elon Musk and and all that. You know, he, I don't know what you're referring to. Of, What's the business with them? Well, uh, what is a woman? Apparently, is uh, something that was posted. I, I think. It's by the same outfit that Ben Shapiro is involved with or runs um, his media outlet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the guy that made this movie is a ultra right-wing conservative named name. Matt Walsh. Thank you. Correct. And Correct. he is just absolutely awful as far as like being a human being. Uh, but, you know, I got to say, the documentary looks like it could be interesting. Uh, I haven't really, I think I saw some preview for it months ago. I haven't really seen anything in the, I saw the hubbub about it, I guess. Yeah. I guess it was like blocked by some staff at Twitter and then Elon Musk right. unblocked it and then well, made a post about it or something. It. They, well, they, they, they made a deal. They made a deal uh, beforehand that, yes, he was going to allow it. And then after they posted it, uh, apparently they got a message that said, hey, you know, after we reviewed this, you need to change X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, we're not going to allow you to post it. And the, the thing that piqued my interest was when I'm, I'm going through my podcast today and I, I see Ben Shapiro and the title is Elon Musk saves free speech again. Oh, God. No, yeah. no, he didn't. He, the only reason he backtracked is because it's Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh. It's only because they're so big. And there is shadow banning still going on. Um, sure. There are yep. people being blocked, for sure. Yeah, Twitter hasn't really changed that much. Yeah. I mean, I think it has gone in a more positive direction since Elon Musk took it over, but he's not the free speech hero he wants you to believe that he is. And, you know, for instance, he won't even let Alex Jones uh, back on the platform because he doesn't like what Alex Jones said about children, yep. apparently. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing about freedom, though, like in order for you to be free, others must also be free. This indeed. includes things you don't like, people. That's, this includes things you don't like. That's literally the only purpose of freedom of speech is so that people can say things that aren't popular. You can't yeah, say you're a free speech absolutist in one breath and then right. in the other breath make excuses for why Alex Jones isn't allowed on your supposed free speech platform. And to yep. your, your point, Peakless, yes, you're absolutely right. Popular speech doesn't need protection. Exactly. Because it's popular. Yeah, there's very much a, a thing happening in big tech that is very similar to what happens in politics, where, oh, well, uh, uh, Zuckerberg is terrible, which means Elon is awesome. And no, two things can be true. They can <laughs> right. both be controlling a-holes. Yeah. Well, so apparently apparently the FBI is still in Twitter. That never stops. Of course. Right. Um, it, that, that, I was trying to turn you on to the last American Vagabond uh, last week. That's where I'm getting a lot of this information. Is, um, you know, and a lot of it is circumstantial, and the guy even admits that, uh, David Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, he's, he's showing some really weird things going on with Twitter where um, certain subjects are just being blocked regarding uh, Ukraine, uh, regarding even mm. still with COVID. I'm um, shocked. 
yeah, it's not over. <laughs> so what you're sure. saying is you don't believe that if this movie were made by some lesser known creators, people that don't have, you know, 500,000 views or, or 500,000 followers or whatever, if it were made by someone with 5,000 uh, followers, then it would have just simply been blocked and that would have been yeah, the end of no the story. Yeah, with no explanation. Mm-hmm. Yep, with no explanation. I mean, you know, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's happening right now. You know, yeah, there's sure. somebody with 50 followers that made his own, you know, documentary about something, and it just rubs somebody the wrong way, and they're like, "Nope, squashed." Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right, Tim. And just as with uh, with politics, the secret is to not vote Republican or Democrat. Uh, similarly, the secret is to get out of these controlled systems. Stop putting your time and energy into both Facebook and Twitter. Thank you, Tim, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So you have a retraction or correction of some sort uh, to make, Peakless. Uh, What happened on Sunday night? Yeah, so, uh, and, and this sort of thing does happen when uh, you're just, you know, dealing with too much information. So I kind of uh, uh, mentally swapped two different dates. Uh, so I had announced on Sunday that the uh, uh, secured overnight funding rate, which is the American uh, uh, decision on what the uh, day-to-day uh, interest rates for the world will be, uh, taking over for the London Interbank overnight rate, LIBOR rate, um, now, uh, I had said that that was happening on the first of this month. Uh, it actually happens at the end of this month. So the, the end of this month will be the last day of the, uh, London rate existing. So, okay. uh, financial apocalypse, maybe, uh, it's, uh, it's very much a financial Y2K. It's possible that the quadrillion dollars of contracts that are all determined on the day-to-day rate uh, of the overnight uh, London rate, maybe they've already figured this out and already put things in place to make sure that the American rate will function just as well. Or maybe they didn't, and a quadrillion dollars worth of contracts are about to go haywire. And what would that mean for them to go haywire? Uh, we're looking at all sorts of possibilities. Uh, about I rates mean, going up I'm, on people's loans or something? Well, or so so one of the things that very much seems to be uh, waiting in the wings for us is a uh, what's called a credit crunch. So you know how they've been, you know, hiking the rate, hiking the rate, hiking the rate. Uh, if, the Federal Reserve. Yes, rate. the Federal Reserve rate. And other central banks have been doing the same thing. Right, yeah. right. Yes. Uh, uh, every, as far as I know, every bank throughout the world uh, finally did sign on to hiking their rates to some degree or another. Now, that means that it's really, really hard for these businesses to get loans. And unfortunately, we've spent years where all of the rates were practically zero and in some cases less than zero. So we have a tremendous number of businesses that have no profitability whatsoever that are they're, they're zombie Zombies. businesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only reason they continue to exist and as a result, certain people having jobs is because they keep being able to get this easy money loaned to them so that they can pay their previous loans. Mm-hmm. So uh, now that, A, we have a much higher rate, and B, there's a lot uh, closer scrutiny on what banks are doing because of the previous bank failures, a lot of banks are making it very, very difficult for businesses to get loans. Right. So there's uh, there's a credit crunch that we are starting to see the effects of. We heard a story... Um I think it was actually Professor St. Ange, Peter St. Ange, who, mm-hmm. who pointed this out, 
that there was like uh, somebody who was creating a new housing development in New York City and like, you know, a reputable guy firm or whatever that has done this many times. And they went looking for financing and they couldn't get it. Right. From like major banks that they've been able to do business with in the past. These people have a great reputation or whatever. And it just wasn't it wasn't happening. Yeah. And and in ordinary circumstances, even if there's, uh, you know, something that, that makes it a little harder to get a loan, you'll just get a, a worse rate. Mm-hmm. But you'll still be able to get that loan and your business won't go under completely. Whereas now but if you can't get the loan at all. Right. Now there's all these zombie businesses that their ability to continue to shamble forward into the future is being cut off. Mm-hmm. And another thing that's uh, that's uh, complicating the situation. So in uh, in 2008, we had this whole explosion due to people not paying their mortgages. Right now we have this problem only instead of it being houses it's all of this commercial real estate right, right. which uh, as as i've mentioned on this program uh, has two big differences one is that they're much shorter term and two is that there is this uh, so they'll they'll have this small payment on the month to month and then this big bubble at the, the end balloon. yes the mm-hmm. balloon payment at the end where they pay most of the thing off so when you but get but if they to, can't pay it off right and that's the issue right there. Mm-hmm. So then you have, so they haven't been putting equity in this uh, commercial mortgage. And the reason they can't pay it off is because, you know, their shopping center is half empty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, the building is half empty or whatever, right? Whatever commercial property we're talking about here because well, people went out of business COVID. during, during yeah. COVID right. big time. And now you've got inflation that, of course, has been kicking up and making things much more difficult on these businesses. Not to mention they've they probably have their own loans and and all that. There's all kinds of like circumstances that are just coming home to roost at some point. Oh yeah, I mean we we are seeing just a play by play of the disaster scenario that the Austrian ec- uh, economists warned us about. Where like okay, if you want to pretend there isn't a recession, you can do this fake easy money thing, but it's essentially like uh, you know drinking more when you have a hangover, and it's like well that's oh, what they're well, gonna do because they. They bailed out the government this week, right? The Senate and the, the House of Representatives right. went ahead and voted for the plan. And now the I believe uh, they're saying that the debt ceiling will be completely suspended until January of 2025. Right. So there's currently no debt ceiling. <laughs> right. I they mean, can spend just as much as they feel like. Has there ever really been one? Uh, Just well, the yes illusion no. of one. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes That's and no. That's the answer. Well, so so here's the thing. They've, they they've, say it's a political one. football. That's all it is. Well, it's it, it's sort of like with the court system, right? Where like their job is not to actually do justice, but to not appear foolish. In the same way, their job is not to actually stick to the budgets that they set themselves, but appear like they're trying to. Mm-hmm. So it's just a show, right? Yeah. So the existence of this uh, debt ceiling, you know, gives them something to like. Okay, well, we shouldn't overshoot this by too much. But now that that's been suspended, there is no re- there's no target anymore. Hyperinflation, here we come. Right. Yeah, how are they going to determine what it should be when it's reinitiated in January Good 2025? Question. Good question. <laughs> Fortunately, they have degrees in this subject and mm. are very knowledgeable wizards they're, of the no, finance. They don't. They're, they're going to ask AI. <laughs> right. They're just going to ask AI. 
yeah. So okay, back to LIBOR and this SOFR thing. Yeah. So I've got a story here from Forbes, just sort of a general uh, piece. I'm not going to read through the whole thing because it's probably just too boring. But mm. uh, you know, what is LIBOR and why is it being abandoned? And at the very end, it does say if you have an adjustable rate loan which a lot of people have these adjustable rate mortgages, for instance. An arm. They say, check to see if it's based on the LIBOR rate. Mm -hmm. If it is, you need to find out what index your lender will be switching to. Because apparently there's more than just the SOFR or SOFR thing. Uh, There's other indexes that they might be choosing. But uh, that could result in what they say is a higher base rate in the future. So you may see a jump in your mortgage payments potentially within the next month or two, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and how big of a jump is really the question. Good yeah. question. Well, and honestly, I, I'm not going to shed any tears for these people. If you didn't learn not to get an adjustable rate mortgage after 2008, I have no pity for well, you anymore. I mean, there are people who don't even know what a mortgage is, much less an adjustable rate mortgage. Okay, mm. then don't sign a contract if that you don't, you don't understand. Okay. I mean, I, I'm with you. When the devil shows you shows up and says, "You just need to prick your finger and sign Some here." Some people only don't. learn by experience, and so you know. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you a one-time break. Yeah, and I, if you didn't buy a house, you know, before 2008, and you bought one after 2008, you get one shot. Well, you are far more forgiving than I. Because look, if we, we had this, I've been learning about forgiveness recently. We had this global meltdown. And this was the cause of it. Not not only actually, but officially. Yeah. This was the cause of it. And if you were if you were alive enough to be conscious during that, and then you did it again, like you did that very thing that both actually and officially caused this, I have I have no sympathy for you at that. Yeah, it's point. like the kid who burned his hand twice on the stove. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You burned your hand, and then you're like, but it's still so glowy and shiny. Oh, yeah. Uh, keep in mind, the the same a-holes who were responsible for 2008 are still around and still functioning. Uh, they're known as the Federal Reserve and also uh, any other central bank on planet Earth. And then all of the other banks that exist underneath them are also very complicit in all this stuff. And keep in mind that when 2008 happened, the only person who who suffered any consequence at all and believe me, this person didn't cause the whole thing, was Bernie Madoff. Yeah. He was just the scapegoat for 2008. If you look at, uh, read, read Matt Taibbi's article about uh, uh, everything's effed and no one goes to jail uh, that he wrote for Time Magazine. as uh, long before he was appointed by Twitter as like the guy to, you know, do, to, to write about the Twitter files. Uh, his article goes into great detail about who is actually responsible for the financial collapse of 2008. And none of those people were even remotely investigated, much less prosecuted and thrown in jail. Yeah, this is this is the time when all of the financial chickens are coming home to roost. Like, yeah, after 2008, they didn't change anything. There's some young kid listening to us right now going, but that that's so old. That was like 15 years ago, right? Because when I was a kid, too, like I'd hear older people talk about stuff like, well, back in 1968, the such and such happened. I'd be like, yeah, but that's so old. That's not now. I mean, I'm not talking about 1897, which is actually what we're going through. But (laughs) so the SOFR thing, secured overnight financing rate, apparently that's a Fred. That's a uh, uh, 
Federal, Federal Reserve, Reserve thing. Yep. And uh, I've got the graph of it here. It looks like it's just basically tied right into whatever their you know their current rate is of interest because it's currently set at five point zero eight percent. Yeah, and you can see on the on the chart, it's like a step up, a step up, a step up, a bunch of step ups over the last uh, roughly one year. And so yeah. that's that's uh, just corresponding to them raising the the rate. Yeah. So I mean, basically, what this is is the the gangland uh, war is starting to spill onto the streets, as it were. So there's been this fight over who gets to control the money, and while the Fed has had most of the control of the U.S. dollar, uh, uh, Europe has had a certain amount of uh, of what they call the euro dollar, mm-hmm. uh, which is just uh, not on uh, U.S. shores, uh, but still denominated in dollars. So they still had this tremendous amount of their own power over the financial market of the world. And that is no longer so. So, like, they have been fighting this out and fighting this out, and now this is just the next level of, okay, well, looks like the Fed won that battle. And the shift over to acknowledging that the American banking system gets to control things may or may not blow the entire thing up. Well, according to, at the very least, the rates, they look very similar. The LIBOR rate, according to uh, some website out there, fedprimerate.com, is just over 5% as well. So it's, at least at the moment, yeah. pretty close. Yeah, and and that's part of the thing. We don't know what will happen or when, because they are simply calculated in a different way. Mm-hmm. So uh, things that were perfectly functional under you know whatever Byzantine way they calculated overnight rates in London... May no longer function if it's just set to the American rate. It's exactly the same way they do in the U.S. It's just got a useless e at the end of it. Shoppy, <laughs> shoppy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, uh, what I had gotten that, uh, mixed up with was that the uh, uh, the Fed Now program started on the first. Mm, that's the groundwork. Yeah, yeah. that is. Uh, it's so it's as much of the CBDC as they can do. Uh, Without with, having an authorization for a CBDC from Congress, yes, right. exactly. So Fed, Fed now is a bank to bank or a uh, interbank communication method. So instead of being able to send a ACH or a wire transfer, you, in theory, will be able soon at some point to. Oh use no, no, Fed it now. started. It started the first. Well, that doesn't mean every bank oh, has yeah, signed yeah. on to it, right? Yeah, no. This is it, it's uh, it JP is, of Morgan's just probably doing it. it, or you know, PNC or these biggies, but I, I forget who it was. But yeah, it was just a, a few banks that this one's yeah, your local uh, going bank to probably uh, not right away. Yeah, yeah, your local bank almost certainly isn't in on this. Uh, it's just a handful yes. of them so mm-hmm. far, but it's yeah, it's just that that next step. And, of course, when they start doing these things, they don't know how the market's going to respond, and they don't know how their own system is going to interact with what does exist. Mm. So there there was a, a risk factor there, but nowhere near what I'm expecting at the end of this month. Hmm. Which, again, it's Y2K, right? Maybe they did their planning properly, and people will be able to afford the new rate. Maybe it'll even be easier to afford the new rate. Or all of this could just tumble down like a house of cards. Just to clarify for our listeners who, you know, might have been born after Y2K, the year 2000. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. The the year 2000, uh, there was this big scare amongst all of technology, whether or not the year would flip over. Like an odometer on your car, when it gets to a million or whatever it is, it goes back to zero. Because some computers only had enough data or bits or whatever to calculate a two-year, a two-digit two date year. instead of a four-digit year. Right. 
they had to fix some stuff before that happened. Right. Basically. And like a lot of people were employed. I remember the company that I worked for was a tech company and like they hired extra staff. Yeah. They had it was extra a big developers. Concern. Like people were pulling overtime. I was doing extra work because of it. Because the was, big concern was that, you know, your programs are going to think it's 1900 right. when it goes from 1999 to the next zero zero. And that was what they had to fix. And, and they did. And I just want to reiterate, the way to get out of this dangerous situation is to get out of their system. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is with, on the one hand, gold and silver, and on the other hand, cryptocurrency. Get that Bitcoin, get that Monero, get that Dash. The only wrong amount is zero. Get out of their system, and then this kind of nonsense won't and poor planning you. won't affect you. I mean, if it affects the whole economy, it might make life a little more difficult. You know, well, but and it still. might make ours a lot easier since we have the good money. Indeed. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160 and bring up whatever you want on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join the show. Bring up whatever you want. And do that at this number. 603-283-6160. We'll get you on the air. You can talk about whatever's on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about some economic stuff, as we tend to do on Saturday nights. Peakless Mountaineer uh, pays pretty close attention to a lot of this stuff and uh, definitely appreciate the expertise here. We're going to get into a little bit more about that, but also uh, since we were talking about getting good money to replace the bad money, bad money being the state money, the government-run systems, the dollars, the euros, the Zimbabwe notes, the whatever, you know. Hey, do you remember when you signed a thing that said you would only and always exclusively use the U.S. dollar? No. Oh, me neither. I don't remember huh. that. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah, weird, huh? Wouldn't you know? Uh, yeah, all these government S coins. But uh, there are alternatives, and you mentioned a few of them, uh, Peakless, like cryptocurrency, gold and silver. And I was made aware, uh, I think within the last 24 or 48 hours, that Defy the Grid, which is a Love very popular, they're not an advertiser, but they are a very popular method of buying the gold back, which we're big fans of here on Free Talk Live, we've talked a lot about these very beautiful uh, one one thousandth of an ounce pieces. I don't know what you call them. Not bills, right? They're they're you know just they look kind of like they might be a, a bill or something like that. They fit in your wallet. Uh, pieces of gold, yep. very flat, very beautiful artwork on them. Uh, they're tradable. They're inter- interchangeable. They're different Super denominations. Gorgeous. One one thousandth of an ounce is the smallest one. And they've got different states with different designs on them. If you haven't seen the Goldback before, you you got to go to goldback.com and check them out. They're incredibly gorgeous. But Defy the Grid is one of the you know dozens of gold and silver retailers yep. online that will sell you these things. And they're sort of known for being the cheapest, generally. Like, they tend to have some of the best rates I have purchased there. from them uh, because their rate was better than another place. Yeah. And, and in fact, our sometimes fill-in host... On Sunday, Steve Classic and another occasional fill-in host, Steve Kahuna, both turned me on to Defy the Grid. Uh, you know, like I was just asking around for people, and both of those guys mentioned the same place. I'm like, well, if two of people 
that I know agree on this place. I'll go check it out. And I was You've happy. happy with it. I was happy because they take crypto. Well, now here's the news. They're now taking Dash. That's big news. Yeah, it is big news because to me, it's like the perfect combo. I mean, I've always yeah. said that crypto and gold or gold back specifically are the best combination for people that love the idea of alternative currency to the scum money like the dollar. This news actually solves a problem that I ran into with Defy the Grid. I placed mm. an order for some gold backs and I paid in Bitcoin Oof. during the... The, the the big mempool the spike the of spike, the fees just, you know what yeah. last month or whatever it right. was people were waiting a week for transactions to confirm and so defy the grid has this system where uh, when you pay by by bitcoin uh it gives you this sort of a a timer yeah yeah it's pretty typical and it's pretty i think it's like a 4 hour window or something wow. like that that waits for the confirmation wasn't long enough though was and it no it wasn't no. long enough and so Jeez. so like i got i didn't get the requisite uh, hey we've received your order and right. it'll be processed in x i didn't yep. get that i waited a day or so to you know Just let the see. mempool clear sure. out and see if anything would trigger nope. and nothing happened i sent an email to their support team Bam. Like, I mean, an hour later, I got an email back saying, oh, yeah, hey, we see the order. Uh, you know, the crypto thing was delayed. We don't know why they weren't aware or yeah, sure. they didn't want to go into detail. The about, average merchant doesn't yeah. know what the hell's going on with the Bitcoin network. They yeah. just know it isn't working right. But they did say, hey, we were able to see the transaction. Thanks for the information. Yeah. Uh, we're sending it out today. You know, okay. So they took All care right. of it. Their customer service was great. But Dash now being available at Defy the Grid solves that Killer. problem. And yeah. also, you're not going to pay the, the expensive Bitcoin fee. Yeah, right, because Dash has a fee of less than a cent per transaction. Bitcoin fees, when I checked a few days ago, were like $2 uh, per transaction. The median fee yeah. was uh, $2 per transaction. And if you don't go high enough, you may be waiting for days before the Bitcoin transaction gets confirmed. And if you take Bitcoin in as a retailer and you don't have that first confirmation, yeah. the person who sent the the, uh, the amount could cancel the transaction on you yeah. so it's incredibly risky to send out a product before you get that first confirmation uh so i mean and the fact that they did that for you is really going above oh, they, and beyond they did indeed receive the confirmation because this oh, okay. was again like a okay. day later so like well some people were waiting seven days captain i mean there I were some people uh jay noon our thursday night co-host he waited seven days before he got a confirmation i think mark edge was waiting nine days wow. uh, before they got a confirmation no, it on, went on through, the Bitcoin like network. the transaction itself had two or three confirmations within 24 yeah. hours and then the rest of them came through so they were able to just base their shipping on the fact that they got at least one confirmation and saw the order saw that i was a repeat customer all that kind of stuff yeah, and a lot of these problems are why I'm a big proponent of the technology being built on top of that. Uh, things like the uh, the Lightning Network, and there's a, a new project coming out that's uh, very, very interesting so far called ARC. Uh, so uh, the technologies that are being built on top of Bitcoin, I think, are going to be the solutions for these yeah, problems. Yeah, they've been saying that about Lightning for years yeah, and it's, years. It's always, oh, yeah, it's 18 months away, and then it's never here. And, and uh, you know, Lightning, yeah, i got to say. still in development. Almost no and, one that I know is excited but about. But Dash about, just about works. Well, that's yeah. called an echo chamber, Ian. No, it's called I'm quite connected with uh, people in the crypto community who aren't a bunch of Bitcoin maximalists and people who actually like to use crypto. None of them are using lightning. It's just not, look, it's more complicated. You know, when you like you said, when Dash 
it works, yep. right? You want to send your transaction, you get the address, you send, boom, it's done. And I think with Lightning, of- you got to like open up a channel, and that means you have to front the money that you may end up spending later on in order to open the channel. Don't forget, you have to send an on-chain transaction in order to do that. Or you can just use one of the centralized Lightning services, which is, of course, what they're actually pushing people towards, which is greater centralization. So I, I think there's a lot of real problems uh, with the uh, the idea behind the Lightning well, Network. Plus, it's funded by the banks, well, so don't and, trust it. And as uh, cryptocurrency becomes more valuable, we're going to run into a lot of these same problems on other chains and on other coins. So I think that a lot of the technology being developed right now on Bitcoin, where it is the most problematic, is going to end up being transferred into the other coins and adapted as their layer twos. There may likely be, uh, in my opinion, some homogenization occurring amongst cryptocurrencies and that's great because right now we have a whole bunch of different competing cryptocurrencies and whoever has the the best features uh you know wins and for spendability i think dash wins hand yeah. down you don't have to wait down. for some future technology you've got it right now you've got uh, chain locks technology to protect you from the 51 percent attack the dreaded 51 percent attack which we talked about last week if you want to hear a lot more about dash go check out our saturday show from last week and we had a guy uh ryan on the line with us from the dash uh, incubator but there's no need to wait for a confirmation because dash is irreversible uh, they did not put that feature into Dash. That's a Bitcoin problem. And uh, again, super low fees. So you send the Dash transaction, it's a done deal. Uh, go to Dash.org to learn more about Dash. And big thanks to the Dash Decentralized Autonomous Organization for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. And again, now you can buy your uh, your gold backs with Dash over at Defy the Grid, which is just a killer combo. Visit Dash.org. And I got to say, I'm most excited as far as uh, non-Bitcoin chains go with the privacy technologies that they have. Uh, like we mm-hmm. uh, briefly mentioned on that show that there was a, a sort of a Bitcoin mixer idea, but it was no, it wasn't, uh, uh, it didn't have the same vulnerabilities as Bitcoin's mixers do, uh, built directly into the way that uh, that verifications happen on the Dash The chain. Dash protocol yeah. has um, mixing service Um, monero of course being like the uh the gold standard so to speak with uh, privacy uh zcash seems to be moving in a a good direction with privacy personally i and i know i'm a weirdo on this um i'm i'm still like holding out hope for some popularity in uh pirate chain arrr it's a cool name and it's really well made like Mm. i've looked into how they built this and like that is the way i would want a a privacy chain built but there's there's no excitement about it yet so it had some i mean i think pirate pirate chain went up to over ten dollars at one point it's now i believe less than 50 cents Uh, at least that's what somebody told me recently yeah i haven't been paying attention to it uh captain since we're talking about privacy stuff you had a website that you'd heard about now you haven't tried this yet i have not okay so this isn't they're not a sponsor we don't know whether they're gonna be good or bad or what your mileage may vary here but it's a cool concept We've talked to you about Purse before. Yeah. Uh, Saveitpurse.com allows you to buy thing, uh, things on Amazon with Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. They've been around for several years now, and it's been a pretty successful site. They almost went out of business. I think Roger Veer uh, saved them or something like that. I forget exactly yeah. how that went down a few years ago. But uh, they're still around, and it's a useful service that seems, from what I understand from people talking to me about it, seems to have slowed down in recent months maybe it's just due to crypto winter i i made a purchase um, recently on it and it was a, a we'll say a heavy item right mm-hmm. uh, something that was going to cost extra or not cost shipping. but like a lot of but shipping, shipping. Uh, yeah it, you know came in like a wooden crate that mm-hmm. kind of thing uh and uh, i used purse for that because well i wanted to save some bucks yeah and i it did it 
I what'd you, like, what'd you save? Fifteen uh, percent. Okay, all yeah. right, that's good. That's uh, and good. It, yeah, and it was a uh, you know we'll call it a thousand dollar item, you know okay. that kind of a thing. So you you do the math, you, you know that that's a significant savings. Uh, so somehow uh, I've been following a couple of different uh, Monero people. Mm-hmm. I get, I don't know if they're directly working for Monero, but they're at least. Uh, you know, evangelists or, you know... I suspect no one works for Monero. It's just, you know, open source programming. So Yeah, it's, you, you know, Twitter people that, you know, have the Monero logo and that kind of yeah. a thing in their profiles. Yeah, they're just fanatics. Someone posted a link to, and, and I'm not, I don't get paid for any of this. Right. I, I just noticed it, and I haven't used it either, so I can't tell you if it's safe or it works, but a non-shop.app mm-hmm. uh, has a website where you can go to that you can spend Monero anonymously to buy stuff. Ooh. 100% anonymous purchasing. So for, let's say you want to buy something on Amazon, but you want to be anonymous about it. Basically what you do is you go to their website, uh, you you know post a link of the thing you want to buy. They go, okay, it's going to be this much. You send them the Monero. They make the purchase for you. And then they'll deliver it to what's called an Amazon locker. Now, Ian, you—I had no idea these existed. You hadn't heard of this. I an grew up Amazon locker. Amazon locker. Yeah, these things exist all over the Seattle area, of course. So I'm very familiar with them. Uh, basically, instead of having it shipped to your door, if you're like downtown, but you live like an hour away or in another city or something, uh, it, you can order something from Amazon. They'll ship it to a locker. Uh, and then you could just go to that locker. They give you a code on your app or on your phone, and you go to hmm. the, you punch in the code. The door opens, and you get your stuff. Nice. Um, so they can do this anonymously with Monero. So you you know plug in a URL or something you want to buy on Amazon. They go, yep, it's this much. You send them in the Monero. Uh, they go ahead and order the thing and ship it to an Amazon locker and give you the code to go pick it up. You don't have to provide any ID of any kind. You don't have to tell them your name. You don't have to tell them your address, your zip code, nothing. It's just all done anonymously according to their website. Hmm. That's awesome. They do, of course, now, have options for you to ship to your home and that kind of a thing as well. If you know you don't really care, they'll, they'll give you a discount. I think it's an 8% discount if you ship something to your home instead of doing it anonymously. And they have some other thing that they do. I can't remember what it is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you get a discount for buying something Hold on. You mean is it a discount on the fee they would normally charge you on top for this? Because I mean, if you if you're going with anonymity, you normally don't get discounts. You usually pay yeah, more. So well, for no, the no, service. No, no, no. Hang on. Let me clarify. Okay. The anonymous one, no discount. Oh, okay. If you're shipping to your home address, mm-hmm. they'll give you an eight percent discount. But uh, is the discount? Just to clarify, up to an eight. Do they have discount. a like a like a ten percent fee or something that they charge, and then you save eight percent on that, or is it that you save eight percent on the purchase price? Eight percent on the order. Hmm. So I how assume, the hell can they do that? I assume well, it's just like purse. My, like purse. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say my my assumption is that uh, they do it the same way as purse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the neat things mm-hmm. about uh, this reminded about, me exactly of purse, okay. except for with even more anonymity. Now, right. if, if privacy is important to you and you need to buy goods and you have some Monero, why this might be a thing for you to look into. Yeah, And one huh. of the great things about embracing cryptocurrency as a technology is that I know it's volatile and that scares lots of people. But it also means that you can actually offer a discount 
hold it in whatever currency, whatever cryptocurrency that is, assuming you've picked a good one, and eventually that volatility will go over the price by the amount that you need to make this worth your time, mm. then sell it at that level. And, and and you've made yourself some money, and you've been able to save your customer some money. So their third option is uh, a little bit uh, sort of in between the two. So uh, the completely anonymous one is to have it delivered to an Amazon locker, and you don't have to give a name, you don't have to give an address, you don't have to get anything. Right? That's crazy. No ID, nothing like that. Uh, and you can just go get your stuff, which I think is pretty sweet. Hmm. Uh, but the third thing that they do is Presumably you're going to be SOL when it comes to returns, though, right? I don't know about that because even mm. Amazon has what they call gift shipments, right? So they yeah. ship you whatever it is. And I got one of these from Purse one right. time where it was like, this is, and it had a gift All receipt. All Purse in purchases it. are gifts. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I could definitely return it. And I know somebody right. that has received something via Purse where they had to go through the Amazon returns thing. Right. There is as a procedure. A gift, and he said it was flawless. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, you might, I mean, in theory, you might be able to get the best of both worlds on this because you can, I mean, the the thing about uh, about these cryptocurrencies is you can prove that you have access to this wallet. Mm -hmm. Like, you can just make a little signature if, uh, you, if you're like, hey, I bought this, and they're like, well, how do I know it's you? You can just do a little signature, and oh, that proves that you have access to this wallet that I got that payment from. Well, no, they don't even go that far. Like, uh, you know, Amazon ships you a thing, they give you a gift receipt and if you got to return it for whatever reason they're just like okay here's uh, a gift card huh yeah it's nice. interesting so anyway the third thing that they do is something called package forwarding uh if you want to hide your name and address from an online retailer you can use this option we order the item to us mm -hmm. and then we ship the item to you this way no one knows what you bought except for uh Them. a non-shop yeah yeah uh they do charge eight percent on top of your order Seems reasonable for this service, yeah. but a reship. Yes, yeah, it's it's basically. I wonder a if they're in New Hampshire. I don't know. Uh, I haven't gone that far into looking at yeah. it, but uh, I just found out about this uh, maybe two days ago, uh -huh. and so I I haven't used it. I haven't looked into it. If anybody is listening has used this, please give us a call six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I'd love to know uh, that it works, mm. that you've had success with it, all that kind of thing. Uh, otherwise, you know, I might just bite the bullet and try it, you know, buy something small and see what happens. Right. Yeah. Um, if they're not in New Hampshire, then you're going to have to pay sales tax on a reship. That would be mm. the, uh, the only downside oh, of that. That's a good, well, yeah. I mean, not if nobody knows about it. No, because Amazon will charge the sales tax. So if uh, oh, if it's shipped to your yeah, ad, if it's, right, if it's if, shipping right, yeah. somewhere outside of New Hampshire where right. there's sales tax, right. uh, then yeah. you're going to have to pay for that. So that would be an extra fee. In that case, just keep in mind. I'm just glad to see this kind of development in privacy. Yeah, that's I mean, great. just like um, uh, uh, you were talking about, uh, I believe it was you and Chris talking about uh, Molvad, who had uh, the the police had uh, shown up in in Sweden, uh, and Molvad showed them, yeah, we don't keep uh, any records of anyone, right? And the police left. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and, and as far as I know, Molvad's the the only way that I know of that you can set up a completely anonymous. VPN. Now, hmm. this is what excites this is a Swedish me. Swedish VPN. Yeah. Yeah. This is what excites me, not necessarily about this particular website, anonshop.com, mm. but about this type of thing. Was we, it .com? 
uh, no, dot app. Okay. Sorry. Be careful out there because if you get the wrong URL, yes. you Sorry. might end up dun, dun, on a scam dun. site. A non-shop.app. And again, A-P-P. you haven't used this. Yeah, we sorry. haven't used I this. Misspoke. We have no idea. A non-shop.app might be the scam site. Yeah, we have no it's idea. They may possible. take your they no may idea. take your Monero and run. So. I have no idea. But well, hey, the fact that they're even scamming by appealing to our desire for, for privacy is kind of cool. <laughs> what I love about things like this, particularly from a privacy perspective, but also from just a cryptocurrency perspective and, and, and it being real money. You and I have talked about this, Peakless, mm-hmm. but cryptocurrency keeps finding a way. Mm-hmm. It keeps finding a way to bridge between all of the things that people want and they want to mm-hmm. do and they want to get done, all the products and services. In the mm-hmm. same way, the Internet sort of came and gobbled up all of the businesses, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking at you, newspapers. <laughs> I'm thinking mm-hmm. of you, Craigslist. Right. right? Uh, in the same way that Craigslist ate newspapers, cryptocurrency will eat state money right. and is continuing to do so and when it finds ways like this to provide people with what they want the market finds a way the market will win cryptocurrency is doing things that state-based money i.e the u.s dollar can never do it state-based money can't do stuff like this Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, so uh, one of the things that uh, that i think is extremely exciting right now uh so the the, this whole i mean it is admittedly a little scary but the whole ai thing that's uh, getting developed is uh, a potential for an extraordinary increase in just general productivity, right? So, like, if you think, like, imagine that it's been, like, raining, right? But it's just been, like, a little drizzle. So, like, you go out there with your colander. You can collect some some rainwater. Not very much, but there's enough that sticks to the side. You, you come back in and pour out a few drops. Mm-hmm. You go out, you collect a little bit on it, and you pour it out. Now, if, on the other hand, you have a bucket, you can collect more, but not a huge amount more because it's just a drizzle. Now, with AI and that sort of uh, of increase of productivity, we're talking about moving to a monsoon here. So the fact that you're using a colander because you're using fiat currency, it's got a bunch of holes in it, there's this productivity that leaks off to the government, means that you will be at such a severe disadvantage to the guy who walks out with a bucket like your cryptocurrency and your gold. Nice analogy. Right, that just steps out, gets a bucket load of this, and they've got this huge amount more wealth than you did because you were using a currency that had holes in it. You want to see the uh, value of cryptocurrencies moon, right? Like so many crypto bros, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I'm going to Lambo and like (laughs) to the moon and and all that kind of stuff. Uh Uh, The way that that's going to happen, in my opinion, is when AI adopts cryptocurrency because AIs are going to have to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And AIs are going to have to deal with each other. And by deal, I mean transact. I mean Mm. negotiate and make contracts or smart contracts and these types of things. And what currency do you think AI is going to use? Do you think it's going to use the USD? Do you think it's going to use central bank digital currencies known as CBDCs? Mm -hmm. Do, Do those offer less friction no they offer far more (laughs) friction more bureaucracy more hoops and ai is not a person so it can't sign up for a bank account but But ai can own a crypto wallet sure can and it can transact with other ais via cryptocurrency quickly the question is has this happened yet well we don't know 
Right. Tough well, to we, tell. It may have. I, it, it may have. I think we're I to the point where it could have already happened. Yeah, and and one of the, the big things that's happening right now is like, okay, so there's only so much access to this technology that exists, but that amount is growing and spreading. Like, people yep. are getting greater and greater access to AI technology. Open, uh, open source code yeah. AI technologies are actually getting higher and higher levels of development. Yeah. So you're going, yeah, sure, you're going to have some AIs that attempt to use central bank digital currencies that try to use visa and mastercard oh there will be the big tech ais that will absolutely have their claws into and vice versa the central bank digital currency but they're going to have to compete with ais that that have their options open right so there are going to be some ais that sure they tried visa and mastercard and they tried all your fiat currencies and they tried your central bank digital currency but man it's so inefficient i hate feeling like a broken record but I've, i've said it before i'll say it again the most underrated feature of cryptocurrency is that it does not require you to be a human being to use it right mm-hmm. whereas usd any other state-based currency requires you to be a human yeah, being you got to pass know your customer right. to get into those yeah it's yeah. a great point yeah and and one thing that i personally absolutely adore about the ai thing and the fact that it's in all of the media and it's this big focus and people are like oh cryptocurrency that's so passe it's all about ai now great because there's a lot of nonsense that happens when you're the hot new technology there's just a lot of stupid stupid human activity and scams and lies that get poured into the next big thing and since great now i'm thoroughly convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that cryptocurrency still is the more important and bigger of the technologies but the focus has been shifted, so a lot mm-hmm. of that scammy nonsense is moving out of the cryptocurrency world and into the AI world. Indeed, and we can talk more about that coming up. Speaking of the uh, the old money system, apparently this week the U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen admitted she was wrong about inflation. You almost wow. never have that. Yeah, almost never does a government bureaucrat actually admit they were wrong about something. Uh, so we'll get her exact quote coming up here in a few moments. And, of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. The number is 603-283-6160. And I know uh, Peekless, you had, uh, wanted to talk about AI tonight here as well. More specifically, you had a story about AI and the aging crisis. And right. we'll find out what the aging crisis is here in a little bit as well. The number is 603-283-6160. Our number three is on the way. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. Chatters over at chat.freetalklive.com. It looks worse than it is, I promise. <laughs> Peekless is like, it's just for those that weren't watching, he's got a, uh, he, he was digging through the desk in here and he pulled out one of those like legal paper clip things. The binder you clip. Call them binder clip, yeah. yeah. And he's using that to, looks like, hold his phone it, together. Or no, it, it's working it's, fabulously. Uh, it's actually to cover the, uh, the front facing camera. 
Okay. Now, <laughs> so it's a privacy feature. Now, I realize I'm an old man, but once upon a time, mm-hmm. we had these things called lens caps. Yes. And yes, lens man. caps would make it so that your camera could not be a camera some of the time. Right. Okay. All right. But clearly, there wasn't much market uh, desire for that, so they never built them into the phones. Yeah, microphones used to have on-off switches. I know, right? Yeah, they have these little adhesive things. You can do a little slidey window on it, and you kind of slide it on and off. For your laptop? Uh, for Oh, I think you could do it yeah, on, on your phone, on phone Yeah, too. they probably do. Wouldn't would surprise think. me if you could do that. Uh, but yeah, you're doing it old school. Yeah. So anyway, with you tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. The number is 603-283-6160. Coming up, uh, since we're talking about money stuff, you got a CBDC story, Captain, about Americans and their opinions on this new You know Americans have opinions. About A lot of times they don't even know what they're talking about, so we'll see what this is about. Doesn't keep them uh, from opining. Regarding the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, but Major Payne is on the line right now in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, I got a real simple fix for your computer camera. You okay. know where they're at? They're right in the center on the top. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is take like a nickel or a quarter, and it's spinning on a piece of tape, and you can flip it down and flip it up. Huh, nice. Uh, yeah, it probably isn't going to work yeah. that well with a cell phone. I think Peakless's solution yeah. no, probably is better. No, cell phone. For, it would have to be something stationary. For the yeah, computer major, like, I think for like $3, you can get uh, one of these self-adhesive camera. It's like a lens cap, but they it's give for them your away laptop. Some yeah. places. A lot of tech companies will give them away. Right. Uh, you can find them, and it just slides to the left and to the right. They're kind of chintzy, but they yeah, I, what they yeah are. they are very chintzy. I've I, never had one that I bought, stayed adhesed I, to anything. I bought a five-pack. I've used one, hmm. so okay. I've got four to spare. Ooh. Not bad. Should I uh, need I'm them again? I'm just trying to think outside the box. All right, you Major. Know. That's Appreciate not it. why you were calling, though. No, that's not why I was calling. You All guys right. were talking about taxes and property and whatnot, and I'm thinking about the degradation of the cities and whatnot. Mm. And uh, the mayor of Detroit has an interesting concept. It hasn't come to fruition, but it's at least in the stew pot. And what he's thinking about doing is uh, all the vacant lots, and I don't know if the abandoned properties are going to be pulled in with this or not, but he's going to raise the taxes on all those and lower the taxes on the people that are still maintaining their houses in the city. So it's basically, I mean, if you if you want to hold on to that piece of land because you're planning on taking over the whole damn residential neighborhood at some point, which is what these big companies do, you know, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to uh, pay to keep that piece of dirt. Yeah, so, I mean, taxation is theft regardless of how it's applied. Well, it, it yeah. is, but he's trying to save the city at the same time. Taxation is theft, but uh, corporations are unnatural non-entities, so, you know. Like, I feel bad for Detroit, where I think you could still buy a house for the price of a VCR, and the fact that most people don't know what VCRs are these days should tell you something about that It probably doesn't have any copper uh, tubing in it or anything like that. It's been stripped of whatever was the value. But the way I look at Detroit is, uh, I mean, it basically is cancer. Mm-hmm. And and it has spread uh, through not just Detroit, but it's moving south down in that whole to the Rust Belt. Yeah, that mm-hmm. whole area between uh, Detroit and like all the way down to like Toledo, Ohio, is just, it has become like it's like the cancer grew. Like it started in Detroit, and over time, it has just progressed and progressed. And no chemotherapy has has helped, and no treatments are really possible at this point. I think it's gotten so out of hand that there is no viable solution other than the government to get out of the way and let the market decide Mm -hmm. what happens. 
Well, all of the big towns in southern Michigan have gone bad. I mean, Muskegon, there's a water park there. I wouldn't take my kids there for loving or money. If you paid me, I wouldn't take my kids there. What about Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids has gotten real bad, too. Um, there's a place, you know, Michigan Avenue, US 12. It used to be an Indian trail that connected Fort Detroit with Chicago. Okay, that's now Michigan Ave. But uh, right between dead center, there's a little town called Battle Creek. It's been called Battle Crack for 20 years now. Battle Crack. (laughs) (laughs) Have they changed the street signs? That's hilarious. It's a reference to the war on drugs. It's dead center between Detroit and Chicago, so it's a first place station up the uh, We used to be on in Battle Creek. As it were from the old days, you know. A long time ago. Oh, not, not even that long ago. Uh, you know what? I want to talk about this, uh, this idea, though, before we move on, about punishing, essentially punishing people who have you know, undeveloped land yeah. in Detroit. And basically what's going to happen here is it's going to be a rush to the exits. Uh, and this isn't, it sounds like it's going to affect not just big corporations, but a small uh, individual. If you, yeah. you know, your grandma or whatever left you some property in Detroit and it was never built on, you've just been holding on to it in the hopes that, I don't know, maybe the city will come back someday and it'll be worth something. Uh, now you're going to be incentivized to sell to maybe one of these big corporations or whatever. So it actually may end up putting a lot more small property in the hands of the big companies mm-hmm. who have big plans. Uh, you're going to punish the, the the little guy, and and if it gets to the point where you can't easily sell it because it's so punishing, like I don't know how how bad they're going to hit yeah. people. Like if it's if it's so punishing to hold on to a piece of undeveloped property, then it may be hard to find someone who wants to buy it, right? So if you put something on the market, you're like, all right, well they're charging me too much money, I'm out, I can't afford the property taxes on this undeveloped land, I'm out, I'm selling. And no one buys it, and it's like six months later, a year later, now you've had to pay the property tax bill again. You're like, crap, yeah. this sucks. You're just going to turn it over to the city at some point. You're yeah. just going to see, you know what? I, I'm done. You can have it. And, and so this is actually going to aggregate land to the city, I think, You're in the absolutely long term. right. Yeah, this is a play. So they, they want to scare everybody about the corporations coming in and buying all this cheap land mm-hmm. and used, you know, old abandoned houses and stuff that, no, they shouldn't have that. So we'll, but what this is, is a land grab by the city to uh, own more land themselves. That's, I think, what this is, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, anything else, Major? Well, do you know what uh, might happen to you if you've been worshiping at the altar of FICA faithfully? They might be charging you 60 bucks a month just because your credit score is too good. Because everybody else is lagging on their payments and <laughs> yeah. living above their means. I heard something about this where, like, uh, they're going to they're gonna start... I don't even know how, how they plan to implement this, but they're going to start charging people for having too good of a credit score wow yeah 60 bucks a month if i I think if your score is over 820 or 840 wow that's crazy so if you've been if you've been worshiping at the altar of fica you better get your knee pads on and be ready to grovel some more well obviously you're privileged if you have a high fica score so you know you need to be punished for your privilege that just means you faithfully pay Massa on time. Which is clearly white privilege, you mean, duh. You mean Massa card? <laughs> yeah, Ma- so just to be clear, Ma- who's going to be uh, charging the people with good credit? I do not have that information. Okay. 
Um, because normally just existing with good credit, no one's able to charge you for that. So I presume it would have to be some somebody providing you with some kind of a banking service or whatever. Uh, interesting theory. Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Looking at the houses in Detroit right now on Zillow, uh, I've got a filter on for up to ten thousand dollars, and there's yeah, quite a few options there. If you're if you're willing to buy a real rundown ramshackle property, they they still got them for you there in Detroit. Uh, you're gonna have a lot of cleanup work to do. Probably better off just tearing the whole thing down. Although, why anybody would want to live in Detroit, of course, is the ultimate question and i think that detroit is a precursor to what's going to happen to many major metropolitan areas i think it's a it's a look at you know if your city is based on one thing right which detroit was right general motors Mm -hmm. it was that one thing making cars that's what detroit did uh when that thing goes kaput uh, detroit became the zombie wasteland that it is now and didn't help that they had a massive big government with all kinds of you know welfare well this is what caused it yeah and and why all the major automotive manufacturers left yeah it's because of all that had there not been such an oppressive government they might have had more than one industry yeah Right. So, I mean, you look at younger cities, like uh, one of the reasons that uh, when I was young, I moved to the Seattle area was because the city itself was young. Most of Seattle was built after the 50s, right? So that's pretty young for a major metropolitan area. And that's sort of, you know, one of the draws for it for me back in the day was I'm like, yeah, I want to go somewhere young. And when I got there, it really only had Boeing and then the port, mm-hmm. right? That was kind of it. Microsoft sort of was up and coming at that point. And so that attracted, and all of a sudden, now Seattle's known as a tech hub. And Amazon's attracted. there now, right? Yeah, Amazon's there, Microsoft. There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of other tech companies that are there. Uh, and so uh, Boeing is there. Uh, all the tech companies are there and the port. So they've got sort of you know, a, a trifecta, if you will, of industries going on in the area, which should be a lesson to other cities. Decentralizing in any way, shape, or form is the best way to go about doing things, even if you're a government entity, right? So sure. if you're a city and you want to make sure Detroit doesn't happen to your city, you got to attract a diverse group of businesses to your city, because you never know when one's going to fall out, and if you're dependent on one industry, you're, in you're going to be Detroit. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, there was an example like that here in New Hampshire, uh, the town of Berlin in the North Country, as they call oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it's technically a city, but it's only like you know 10,000 people or whatever that, that live there. It had a big logging industry in Berlin, and the big company shut down at some point, and people started leaving. And yep. the prices of homes started to just fall through the floor where you could yeah. you could go in there. Probably not now. They've probably gone up somewhat in the last couple of years. But uh, it used to be that you could go to Berlin, lock, you know, lay down $40,000 cash and walk away with a four uh, quadplex or whatever, <laughs> a triplex uh, or something like it's that. like, relatively speaking, like dollar for dollar it adjust, uh, adjusted for inflation, the real estate up there is still... Still Some of the most yeah. inexpensive for a city that you're going to find in New Hampshire. Yeah. To say it's a city is a little bit of a misnomer. It's, it's a town. The, it's a town, but they, they call it a city because that's what it's been labeled. Yeah. I, I have heard bad things about, you know, sort of the, the good old boys network of the government there. It's true everywhere, though. Right. 
I mean, those people are everywhere. But if you're, you know, strapped for cash, but you want to buy a house and you're moving to New Hampshire, uh, that might be a place for you to look. Well, nature abhors a monoculture. Whether it's uh, Irish potatoes or the uh, car industry of Detroit, right. if you have only one thing, eventually something will come along that knocks out that one thing, and you will have you will either have something else going on, or you will collapse entirely. And of course, the only thing that causes something as unnatural as that kind of a business monoculture is the effect of government regulations. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, Captain. This is definitely not... I mean, the real estate market is having a tough time, uh, as I understand it. There's not a lot of options out there. I was talking with Mark Warden about it from Porcupine Real Estate just a couple of uh, days ago. He was at Jay Noon's or Jay and Challen's trial. Yeah. And I said, you know, how are things going? He says, it's slow. He says, uh, the whole the whole industry is slow. There's not a lot of inventory on the market. And even in Berlin, it, it ain't like it was a few, you know, just several years ago where... You, if you if you filtered for less than a hundred thousand dollars in Berlin, you'd have a ton you'd of have the options. Whole town, yeah. Right now, four. Really, there's only four houses under a hundred thousand uh, dollars in Berlin. Yeah, okay, but go to like go to like one fifty. Yeah, I'll give you a few more, but I'm just saying it used yeah. to be cr- you know well, crazy I mean, options. You, you got to figure that um, here in New Hampshire, I would say prices th- have that gone up. That's true. Since oh, yeah. 2019. I would say double whatever the 2019 price is for the value today. So mm-hmm. if you were trying mm-hmm. to buy a house in New Hampshire for $100,000, that house now would be $200,000. Well, yeah, people have been flooding out of the cities, especially since they decentralized a lot of the work. So as soon as they found out, okay, fine, we'll let you Zoom call, well, a lot of them just kept Zoom calling. And yeah. it's like, oh, you mean I don't have to lo- have to live in this horrible cesspit? It's, it's so weird that you talk about this because uh, – I actually had to work really hard and bust my ass at an actual go-to-the-office job to earn the privilege of working from home. Like, this, mm-hmm. was, a, this was a benefit that they would give only the, the elite workers, only the ones who've proven themselves to mm-hmm. be worthy of the privilege of working from home. And then I moved to New Hampshire, <laughs> and a year later, COVID kicks in, and now everybody's working from home, right? So I was ahead of the curve again it's kind of like that blue check mark for twitter <laughs> i never got that and in fact here's what i don't like about the twitter uh now that you bring up twitter uh subscriptions like uh there's mm-hmm. this guy zuby yeah right? yep. i'm sure you get yeah. Yeah, anyway i can't read any of his stuff now because every time He's he posts something it says posts. it says you must subscribe to see this post sorry zuby i ain't reading your crap i ain't subscribing. you ain't that great right yeah. Aww, I, I, you're yeah. not worth subscribing to no actually is. i actually felt the same way about him recently was like okay the, the last two or three times i've seen a post from him it's been locked out to subscribers only yep. and my thought was i'm gonna just probably unsub- unfollow him at some point because now you're just taking up space i'm actually gonna let the algorithm take care of it because if i don't click on stuff and say that i like that guy and like Mm -hmm. his post the algorithm's gonna be like oh i'm not gonna serve him up any of that guy uh two hundred thousand dollars if you put that limit on zillow and berlin new hampshire it's only 16 responses so it's still not a whole lot town's not that big i mean i would be surprised to see more than 30 on the market yeah, maybe. I'm just remembering the, the good old days, yeah, Captain, where you could literally, you know, get like, a four like units. I considered buying $30, like, $30, like several properties for the price of the one property that I bought. Yeah, you well, just have to live up there. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if you're considering buying property, I would wait a while because- uh, Could be what crashing, it, right? Yeah. What it looks like is that the crash has started. Like we've had the blow off top and now things are just headed down, down, maybe. down. And they probably will be until there is the fabled Fed pivot. 
because right now the 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 interest rate that you pay for getting a mortgage is insane. So almost no right. one wants to do it. People don't want to buy with the mortgage rates. And actually, right now, looking at these houses, uh, there's several of them that are over 100 days on Zillow. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, mind you, the, this one's not going to be like 2008. Like the 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 in, first, the commercial properties are going to drop. That's going to be the big one. After that happens is when the uh, residential properties are going to drop in mm. price, and that's when you want to snap all this. And up. isn't there like a trillion in commercial properties coming up for renewal or something mm-hmm. like that? Pretty yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. The commercial oh, the final payments or whatever yep. they are. Yep. Yeah. And the commercial real estate market is just not well. It is. Yeah. Ill. It's really bad. Yeah. It, well, I mean, so like you have you have a couple of it's really a perfect storm at this point. Mm-hmm. So you have just a general let's call it what it is, people. It's a recession, yep. even if it hasn't been announced by <laughs> our masters. It's been more than it's, 60 days. Yeah, it's a recession. You have pe- people don't have the money. All, all, all of the people are shopping online, so they're not actually going to the shops. So these shops aren't paying for themselves. I mean, it's all of these things all at once. And it's it's finally coming to a head at this point. So, yeah, you do have and it's this big bubble payment that's at the end and they do not have the money for it. Oh, and they no longer have the ability to get a loan to pay it off in the future instead. Yeah, there's uh, companies, uh, a company that I used to work for uh, had an office in the Seattle area and then uh, COVID kicked in and uh, they just sent everybody home to work from home because Mm -hmm. they had the tools to do so. Uh, and so they did, and they gave up their lease. Is yeah, they walked big, away from it. Paid big, whatever they had to pay to do it, too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and there's they big just, penalties for that. And what's funny about this is uh, I lofted the idea of, uh, you know, increasing the amount of people who work from home mm-hmm. as a cost savings to the company. I put together a spreadsheet. Uh, I went and talked to accounting, had them run some numbers for me, and put together, like, a little proposal for some of the executives or whatever and said, hey, you know, if you do this, you can actually save money on your employee costs. Mm-hmm. And so this will actually pay for itself. And the response that I got was, oh, no, no, no. We're we're definitely a come to the office and uh-huh. work at the office type of this company. This was pre-COVID that you made this. Even, even, yeah, pre-COVID. Even okay. though they had people working remotely yeah. already, but these mm-hmm. were the, the privileged people. And so I was like, oh, okay, if that's the stance you're going to take, I'm just going to bust my ass and I'll earn the privilege. That's fine. And you did. And, and I yeah. did. And so, like, I'm happy about that. But also I'm unhappy about it because, like, I was right. It is a cost savings. And so now, yeah. mm-hmm. now the response that I get from people at that company is, oh, yeah, well, the company just realized that it could save a bunch of money if it didn't have this big-ass office Sure, space. the company realized huh. the thing that I told you. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't have to buy it like, because they'd provide like free coffee and snacks and right, stuff like sure. that. They didn't have to have a refrigerator or a freezer. They didn't have to have uh, the, the water guy come in with right. the bottles of water and all that stuff. All They didn't have to provide the electric bathrooms, bill. <laughs> yeah. you know, the electric bill right. alone, right? All of the, all of the hardware the infrastructure the That's maintenance huge. of an office yeah, well, cleaning like, you remember the the toilet paper crunch that we had during covid oh, yeah the reason for that was because of the amount of toilet paper that people were using at work which is of course a different kind and a lower grade of toilet paper sure but is. you are still needing the same amount of toilet paper and now it's not getting produced right and, mm. and like so just little things like that that you wouldn't even necessarily think were a, an, a major expense but man it adds, it adds up. up yeah so all all of the shops, they're not paying for themselves. All of the uh, places where we put all of our workers together. Well, turns out that was a complete waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you factor that into the fact that these commercial uh, entities are giving up their leases. Mm-hmm. They're saying, uh, walking away. I, I remember they gave an example during COVID of, I think it was uh, the website Pinterest, which you know, I guess some people yeah. use. Uh, but uh, they had like a, a huge building they were planning to move into. They'd locked in the contract and they paid like a couple million dollars to in cancellation fees yeah. to get out of that deal because they would rather have done that than get into this next you know five year lease or whatever they were going to get into at ninety eight million dollars or something like that. They just said, you know what, we don't need this anymore. And so you have a situation where that's happening all over the place. We talked about how a lot of these commercial properties are, you know, in some cases half empty or whatever. I don't know what the actual statistic is, but it's yeah. pretty significant. Yeah. And in, uh, you know, and the problem is there's not like a line of people knocking on the door to say, hey, if you lower the rates, we'll take this business, you know, we'll, we'll put our business in here right. because how can you get a loan to start a new business at this point? Right. Yeah. So you've got, a, a like you said, oh, the yeah. perfect storm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in case this wasn't enough, we have suddenly taken the ceiling off of the money printing. So mm-hmm. maybe there'll be an infinite money printing. Oh, and of course, Janet Yellen says, you know, it's time to refill the Treasury's general account. So that means you need a lot of us to buy a bunch of uh, of Treasuries. So you're going to be printing a bunch of Treasuries up, are you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking like crazy collapses that are possible in the very, very near future. Like, we might not even make it to the end of the month before a complete financial meltdown because of the amount of treasuries that we're going to have to print up in order for uh, Janet Yellen to refill their... (laughs) to refill the government's bank account because they spent all that money bailing out these banks and then failing to bail them out. There's more coming up here. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. I was just looking up commercial real estate, a story from the National Review from just a few days ago. Uh, Commercial real estate finding a clearing price. Some holders of New York commercial real estate are throwing in the towel. Uh, We can talk about that coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We have time for you. You dial in shortly and get you on to talk about whatever is on your mind. Uh, with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. And we were just telling you about uh, some real estate here in New Hampshire, just talking about commercial real estate in general. And if you are looking to make the move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, if you're a libertarian or a voluntarist or liberty-loving anarchist, then you ought to be talking to Mark Warden over at Porcupine Real Estate and his staff because they really know the lay of the land here. These are part of uh, these these people are part of the community. These are, I believe, almost all, if not all, Free Staters who are working for Mark over there at Porcupine Real Estate. They're doing some uh, webinars on various different freedom-related topics like gun freedom, medical freedom, political freedom victories. They're also going to tell you about best practices for moving to the Free State and finding housing. These are very helpful webinars, and they're free to attend. All you have to do is register over at move.freetalklive.com. That will take you over to the Porcupine Real Estate website. Once again, that's move.freetalklive.com. You can sign up there. You can also watch their previous presentations on their YouTube channel, which is called Porcupine Real Estate. So if you're interested in making the move up here to join the Freedom Migration to New Hampshire, then you definitely got to be talking to the guys over at Porcupine Real Estate. Love those guys. Uh, Once again, that's uh, move.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Let's talk to Tony. He's listening in Chattanooga to WGOW. Go ahead, Tony. 
Hey there, good night. I was listening to your uh, to your buddy last night on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was talking about uh, using weed and everything. I want to tell you, as a as a marijuana aficionado for forty years now, nice, nice. Uh, my usage has changed. Okay. When I was young, yes, I got I smoked to get high. In these days, the older I get, I'll be sixty years old soon. And I smoke now for pain relief. Mm-hmm. Is okay. this Willie Nelson? So, <laughs> uh, no, Willie's like eighty no, something. Uh, I, think. I wish I had his money. Yeah, but, uh, no, I wish I had I, his weed. I, I he has money again. Is, I thought the IRS took it all. Oh, of course they always do. Uh, mm. so, all right, but but you know, I wish I was just wanting to throw in there that older people are smoking now for. For pain relief. Now, are you still it's smoking, or are you trying the like yeah. the edibles or the vaporizer? Oh, oh no, I've I've moved. Uh, I've had no choice but to move to vape. Mm-hmm. The uh, Delta Eight, Delta Ten, yeah, which is legal down here. I'm not certain about New Hampshire. Right. Yes, I believe it uh, is. And I and to me, uh, what well, I, I guess I'm getting it from from the wrong place, but uh, the 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 Delta Eight and the Delta Ten is stronger. Mm than the so-called loud that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that I'm getting immune to the true marijuana strain and the, and the, uh, is loud, uh, like the, uh, the slang for the high end cannabis in Tennessee. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got yes. It. it is in the South down here. It's so they funny. Call it. <laughs> they got different terms everywhere. You, you got loud. You need a dime bag of the loud. The loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I up here they up call it headies. Headies in oh, yeah. uh, in New England, and uh, where I was from, it was called uh, in Florida. It was called the Chronic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Chronic. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now, look, West I grew Coast up chronic. in the eighties. Okay, so the best thing back then was the sense of milieu, of course. Uh, but yeah. you don't back find when, that anymore. Back when most of it had seeds in it. In Sorry, right, go ahead. Right. So, so uh, this this stuff that's out nowadays, they're saying is better than all that from back then, mm, and I yeah. have I disagree with it because the the uh, the concentrated uh, uh, liquid that they're putting in the vape cartridges now, the Delta Eight and the Delta Ten, on the first puff you can feel the difference. Mm. All right, uh, this this uh, this uh, this regular marijuana that I got uh, just yesterday, day before yesterday, I can't get high on it. Damn. And then I go back to my vape pen and the pain relief just goes away. Oof. All right. The, the so pain I'm, the pain I'm, goes away, I'm not the pain relief goes that, away. But, just to clarify, you're saying the pain well, yeah, goes yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The pain, <laughs> the pain goes away. <laughs> but, uh, your brain. Come on. Yeah. I, no, so, I thought I thought you were like uh developing a tolerance to this as well and it's like, "Oh man, what do you do then?" Oh, no. No, uh-uh, no. Uh and and it's kind of scary because they talk about the lead and the nickel that's in the vape. Mhm. Uh, it's just destroying people's lungs from what I've heard now. Uh, from now, what I understand, part I'm of that not... is uh, you get what you pay for. The cheaper vapes, uh, are uh, they will fall apart a lot easier, so mm-hmm. they are more likely to deposit those heavy metals. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's uh, really? it's uh, kind of new. It's new for that to be a commonplace technology, so that's uh, it's a little dicey. Captain, you've uh, yeah. been known to test out some of the Delta 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had some of the drinks, for instance, right? I have, have, yeah. you, have you done anything else besides that, or just the... Not no, not really. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the beverages, though. Oh, I, yeah. I actually prefer. I've moved as I've gotten older away from smoking and more to the 
uh, edibles, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in the Seattle area, I used to get uh, these. Where it was legal, you could buy it from a store. Yeah, I could walk three blocks down the road and be like, oh, hey, look, it's the weeds. Mm-hmm. It was called like the pot shop or mm-hmm. something. Original. Yeah, I'm like, well, marketing genius yeah. is your name in this place. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would buy, uh, my favorite was uh, they had these sugar-free dark chocolates, mm-hmm. right? So as, as a large man, you know, trying to shed the pounds, uh, you know, that was my favorite because, well, I could still, uh, you know, get the effects but, uh, you know, without all the calories and the sugar. Especially. And don't these drinks that you've had have zero calories? Yeah, uh, there's a place online. I'm trying to, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head now. I I'm order surprised from them. you get them all the time. Yeah, I order from them frequently, but perhaps it's the marijuana yeah, I they had affecting Delta the memory. Eight in the, didn't they have Delta 8 in the title? Anyway. Uh, yes. Yeah, in I fact, like I believe their website is like Delta Beverages. Mm, dot com something like that and you can order it like by the six pack or by the case okay uh and that kind of a thing uh and it just has delta eight in it but they changed their formula like i became a customer and i Mm -hmm. liked their product and then they changed their formula and it was even better and i was like oh bravo you guys did they did they ever do the delta 10 have you ever tried the delta 10 i have not no And, and tony don't they also have like a delta zero or something I'm not certain. I've not heard that part yet. Okay. Now, I will say the Delta 10 that I got was not from a shop. Mm-hmm. This was from, uh, this is uh, uh, under the table. All right? And this from the stuff street. lasted a long time. Mm-hmm. It was very, very effective. And uh, but, but then I went to another one. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of it or not, the brand name, but it it was as good as the Delta 10. Well, what the guy said was Delta 10, and it didn't look a thing like Delta 8. Delta 8's clear, and this was milky. Yeah, interesting. This was, uh, you you couldn't see through Uh, the stuff. Well, I'm I'm glad that you find something that works for you. There's so many people who struggle with all sorts of things, whether Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, going to sleep regularly, uh, whether it's pain for a chronic ailment or something like that. No no pun intended. But, like, different strains of marijuana affect people differently. And so you do need to do a little bit of, uh, you know, variety testing to find out what works for you specifically for whatever it is you're trying to do. And I'm so glad that you found something that works. Yeah, Tony, thanks for calling and sharing your story here with us tonight i definitely appreciate hearing from you awesome thanks for being on the radio guys love you Yeah, my pleasure thank you tony uh the number if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160 so some holders according to uh, the national review of new york commercial real estate you know which is one of the hottest real estate markets as far as price is concerned Mm -hmm. right it's very expensive to buy things there Uh, appear to be throwing in the towel. The Wall Street Journal recently reported that some of New York's best-known real estate developers are unloading their least viable office buildings at deep discounts, cracking open a sales market that had all but closed in the first quarter. RXR defaulted on their $240 million loan on a 33-story office office tower in lower Manhattan. Just defaulted. Yep. The developer, which owns and manages dozens of commercial and residential properties in the New York City area, has said it will turn over ownership of the office tower at 61 Broadway to whomever buys the defaulted debt. Okay, so uh, just from a layman's perspective, if I buy a house Mm -hmm. and I have a mortgage on it and I run into financial trouble and for whatever reason I can no longer pay the mortgage. Uh, a series of things occurs before I actually default. Right. And so for them to have defaulted in a commercial uh, sense, I imagine that this same type of a scenario has played out, that they have attempted to sell it, 
that they have attempted to do any kind of, you know, whatever mortgage tricks and things the governments allow businesses to do to, you know, I don't know if forbearance comes to mind for, right. you know, like student loans allow you to forbear loans or, or that kind of thing. So all of the legal tricks uh, that, that they're allowed to do, they've already tried and have failed. They've had it on the market. No one bought it. And so now they're just like, eh. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah, and a lot of that process is probably going through on a lot of properties right now. And one of the issues that's going on, so they, they just invented this uh, thing to keep uh, banks out of trouble, but it only applies to U.S. treasuries. So the like the you know uh, mortgage-backed securities, including uh, commercial real estate mortgages, are no longer as, uh, as viable as they used to be with this new facility because they, it's all competing, right? They didn't have to, they didn't used to have to compete to get people to buy treasuries. Every nation on earth used to want it Mm -hmm. well not so much anymore so they've had to make special deals like okay even if you default we can just go back to this but only if you're backed by treasuries they're hiring like salespeople. Yeah. Please buy our securities. Yeah, buy our pretty treasuries. much. Yeah, one one of the like weird things that I'm kind of waiting to see, like if if the uh, if they're going to help each other or uh, fight each other, is like Yellen and uh, Powell, the the chair of the Federal Reserve. They do not see eye to eye on a number of issues, yeah. and Powell could help out Yellen with this Treasury thing by reducing what's called the reverse repo rate, which is basically where banks put money in their own bank for the interest rate he could reduce that and then they'll be like oh well since i'm not getting any profit from that i'll move these over into treasuries now or he could not reduce that and we have some serious s storm coming our way i just had this bizarre vision of toyota jan doing a toyota thon right on television the commercial for when toyota has their big sale every year uh, this girl jan comes on i got a crush on her anyway uh she comes on and it's like toyota thon i buy a new to and you get some free securities when you buy your toyota <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's like that only they're probably going to move to uh oh well we've changed the rules so that these things require this much to be in treasuries Maybe Bud Light and uh, the Treasuries can get together and like sell both, right? Buy this case of Bud Light for $7 and you get a free Treasury in every case. Or buy this Treasury, get 10,000 cans of Bud Light free. So here's the, uh, the other question about this building in New York City, 61 Broadway. What's its current occupancy rate? Occupancy oh, rate. How yeah. many of the floors are rented? Yes. And apparently, according to commercialobserver.com in a separate article about this, uh, they say it is currently unclear as to what the rate is. Now, they're going to have to give that information up when they're looking to uh, unload Wait, the property. How is it unclear? Are people coming and going every day? Like, they're. Well, I guess they just no, have to tell you. What, what's the name of this? This organization, the something observer, uh, commercial observer, the commercial. They should com. start observing, <laughs> seeing if people are coming and going out of the building. How many of them? Where do they work? Where, in twenty fourteen, they go to? Uh, you know, in twenty fourteen, when times were good, it was ninety one percent occupied. Following its pr- most recent purchase at that time, 
but now it's unclear, and it did lose a major tenant in 2021 when a company called Notel, which had <laughs> occupied four floors of the building, Notel. Uh, filed for bankruptcy in January Let me of guess, 2021. they were a hotel chain? I don't know. <laughs> K-N-O-T-E-L, if you want to go. Uh, yeah. Wait, what Notel, the last that sounds re- legit. What, what was the last reported occupancy rate? 20? Uh, 91%, but that 91%. was in 2014. Oh, okay. 2014. That was in 2014, ah. and they lost a four-story uh, four tenant in 2021 so it's a 33-story building so you know back when america was rich enough to overthrow the government of ukraine so even if sellers are appearing in the market will buyers appear in the market uh it's like it's like okay so i'll give this apartment building to whoever wants to take on the mortgage well how many renters do you have i'm not telling yeah (laughs) right okay i'll give you a dollar (laughs) right Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where this thing sells at. I mean, somebody in this article is pre- you know, predicting well, it'll sell for and, two, you know, half of its uh, whatever assessed price. The, the right, most important question why? is what is the tax liability of that building in New York City? <laughs> yeah. God knows. Like how how much does does a does an owner have to pay to you know own that building? Because even if you could buy that building for a dollar. Right, that's not important. The sale price is the least important part in my in my book. The most important part is how much is the tax bill every month? Not only that, you're also talking about New York City, and there's all kinds of other yeah. requirements that are involved. In fact, they address that in a, in another paragraph here. Oh, hoop jumping. Where uh, if New York City, they say, is serious about reviving the prospects of buildings, where in some cases abandonment is the most cost-efficient option, bringing urban blight in the wake of their failure, it will drop the retrofitting requirement. And what they're referring to is retrofitting requirements for green climate stuff so the new york city government (laughs) wants to shove all this green stuff down all these building owners throats and some of these guys are saying look we can't find tenants right now without taking on all the extra cost of retrofitting the building yeah and you guys are charging us god knows how much taxes every year they're like screw this i've got it you just get rid of your remaining tenants and then you're perfectly green because no one's <laughs> no using energy. any electricity at all <laughs> then you can get the tax credits off of being super duper green and maybe pay your taxes on having the building yeah now let's go to the phones here we've got uh, caller you're on free talk live what's your name Hey, this is Rusty from Portland. Hey, Rusty. Rusty. What's on your mind tonight? Y'all were talking about a non-shop, and I can report it is not a scam. This is a non-shop.app? You've used it? Yep. Yeah, okay. I've used it twice. Tell us more. But you got to remember uh, a couple of things when you use it. you got to make sure the package will actually fit in the locker. Mm-hmm. And if you go pick up the package, you might want to wear a mask and sunglasses. Right, right. It'll be on camera. Right, the right. business that has these lockers. Apparently, they're located inside, like a pack mail or something like that. Or yeah, uh, I was at the Home Depot recently, uh, and they have something similar at the Home Depot. If you go to like the Home Depot online and order something, if it's small enough, they'll just send you a text to your phone, be like, "Hey, your order's ready. It's in locker such and mm-hmm. such. Enter this code when you get there." So I went and I did that. Uh, but yeah, indeed, the uh, the interface that you use to uh, enter the code uh, and then the door opens for you, that interface has a camera on it. it. They're not hiding it. It looks a lot like the camera at your uh, ATM, your drive drive through ATM. So I imagine the Amazon lockers, kind of the same thing, probably the same company 
provides the interface for them, as does Home Depot. So I imagine that uh, our caller, Rusty, is correct that, yeah, if you want to maintain 100% anonymity, uh, maybe even pay somebody else to go get it for you. Mm. That's a good point. Well, that's another thing with the home delivery. You can use that option and still maintain some privacy. All you have to do is use an alias right. and not your own address. You can you don't have to send it to a locker. So like a commercial uh, uh, office box? Or what, what, that what was or it a friend's to... house, anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter as long as you have access to it. Yeah, a lot of times at a at your own home, you may be getting mail for previous tenants or something like mm-hmm. that, You know, just because they didn't change their address or whatever. It didn't make it through the system. However, still coming in. Just put their name on it, and it'll come to you. Right. Huh. Clever. I mean, technically, it's not legal to open mail address to anybody else, but, I mean, if you don't tell anybody, then they're not going to know. It was it was intended for you. It wasn't their actual mail. You just put that other name on it, or you can just make up a name and hope that it gets uh, that it gets delivered yeah. to the to the house. Well, and hypothetically, since I'm a human being, I can invent a company, mm-hmm. and in that company, I can just have an office that happens to have the same name as this person I'm receiving mail for. You can do that, sure. What a coincidence! Uh, so you, I think you... it's actually legal to receive mail in alias. Yeah, it probably is. Okay, so I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. This isn't legal advice. So you've no. used it yeah, twice. Yeah. You've uh, purchased products that do fit in the. I assume the Amazon Locker. You're on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do your regular folks need to know? You used Monero, obviously. I assume is that yeah. the only option is Monero only. Yes, Monero is the only option. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the customer service was great. Like uh, the first order, I had to switch out something, and instead of making me send him more Monero. He just like covered the couple extra bucks, just like whatever. And are you getting a so discount for nice. ordering this this product, or is it full price? I do not remember getting a discount, okay. but I used the locker. Okay, right. Yeah, I wouldn't think you're going to get a discount. Right. On the this. the you, locker you know, wasn't supposed to give you the discount. It was the home delivery that would. Oh, the home right. delivery. Yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. All right. Hey, no, thanks I, for the the recommendation. Anything else you want to share? Yeah. Have you heard of Cake Pay? Cake no, pay? is this related yeah. to the cake wallet? Yes. I've they, heard of the cake it's wallet. kind of like Dash Direct, but it's for Monero. It's oh, like a, really? You can, do, you can buy gift cards on the spot for Whoa. exactly the amount you need. All you need is an email address. You mm-hmm. can use a burner email. It doesn't matter. Sweet. And they, they have all the stores you can imagine, and they, they do discounts too. Nice. All right. Good to know. Thanks for the uh, the call tonight, Rusty. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, them. thanks, Rusty. Cakepay.com, apparently. Yeah, good to know. Heck Check that yeah. one out. Check that out for sure. All right, let's continue here. We've got uh, this caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Oliver. Oliver? Yes. You're on the air, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, have y'all heard of the uh, movie or the, sound, the Sound of Freedom? No, I don't think I have. What is that? No. Uh, it's, a, it's a really important thing that talks about the way uh, uh, little children get uh, get put into this uh, terrible way, you know, like a sexual Sex trafficking. It's a, it's sex a tra- yeah. film, apparently, right? It looks like it. According uh, according to the uh, IMDb page, it appears to be based on a true story. Yes, sir. Okay. 
A former government hey. agent turned oh. vigilante who embarks on a dangerous mission to rescue hundreds of children from sex traffickers. There you go. Hey, these guys are uh, releasing and, and their uh, film on the same day I release my EP. Well, okay. just, oh, it hasn't just come because out you're, you know, it's like he says, uh, what can you do? Well, this is a little thing I can do is just put it on the air with y'all tonight. Okay. Hell yeah. Have you seen the movie uh, or are you just saying you're excited about it? No, uh, I think July the 4th is the, uh, mm-hmm. date that it comes out is, uh, Angel.com is the uh, one that produced the movie. And the name of the movie is Sound of Freedom. Yeah, I've got a little blurb here uh, that says, uh, Sound of Freedom is a true story film that exposes the darkness of child trafficking. Uh, I mean, look, I'm I'm a construction, I mean, I'm a union, I'm a union uh, pipe fitter. And I see all these Mexicans on the job every day. And, and every now and then, there's a whole lot of girls coming there. And I just wonder, when I look at them, what it took for them to get here. And I hope it didn't. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I see. I mean, def- definitely um, human trafficking is a problem. Uh, and the, the, the real solution, of course, is to legalize prostitution. And to legalize uh, immigration, to make it possible for people to cross the borders without having to deal with bureaucracy or deal with criminals. Because yeah. it's going to go one way or another. Of course, the bureaucrats are criminals, too, just a different sort. And so what you have happening, of course, in a lot of cases, is people are willing to sell themselves into slavery. And sometimes I imagine that would include sex slavery uh, in order to get themselves across the border. And like, there's been cases of people who do it just to get their children across the border. Sure. You know, they're like, look, I want my kids to have a better life, so I'm willing to sacrifice so that my kids can be free. But if it were legal to just simply come here, then they wouldn't have to do that. And if it were legal to to be a prostitute, then that would take a huge market segment away from these, you know, underground sex dealers. Yeah, abolish passports, abolish immigration completely. Let people of planet Earth be free. We are all Earthlings. There's, you know, I mean, outside from your preferred climate, right, uh, most people are generally able to travel to a place that suits them. Uh, and it, when governments get in the way, you are preventing human beings from being free. Looks like uh, well, Mira and, Sorvino's in this one. And if you talk about uh, child trafficking and especially child sex trafficking, what immediately comes to my mind is the uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the blackmail rings that are the mm-hmm. foundation of the cruelty and power structures that run government. Out of time for tonight, Oliver. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the uh, the call and the heads up. And uh, you guys are going to come back here in about a half an hour for, not on the radio, for video only, our video feeds only, watch.freetalklive.com. You'll be able to see the show and listen that way if you want. Beard Talk Live, coming up at 1030 Eastern Time with these guys. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. PorcupineRealEstate.com